Today on Get Ranked, in honor of Avengers Endgame coming out later this month, Cody and Nick are celebrating their month of Marvel, starting out with this week's top 10 MCU villains. Ultra in the flesh. Or no, not yet. We're in the bed hungry, scrounging for scraps. Your planet was on the brink of collapse. I'm the one who stopped that. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to it. Another episode of Get Ranked, a movie podcast. As you heard in the intro, we are doing a month of Marvel. Avengers Endgame comes out here April 26th, and it's going to be a big one. Um, so we have, what, 14, 15 movies so far? And In the Avengers or in, the in Marvel the, series? In the MCU. Oh, no. They're over 20. They're over 20? Okay, well... Yeah, they're, like Avengers Endgame is like 21 or 22. Okay, so we have that many MCU movies that we can, uh, you know, we can get content from. Um, so we are going to do a month of Marvel-themed top 10 lists. So this week, as, I mean, as Nick said, we have the top 10 MCU villains. Uh... For those that don't know, I'm one of your hosts, Cody. And I am Nick. Figure I should do that eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> they'll figure it out. Yeah. If they don't know us no. by now. Exactly. But no, we, we just thought it'd be kind of fun, you know, with, with arguably the biggest, if one of the biggest. I mean, you know me, I'm a Star Wars fan, so I'm still more excited i think for episode nine than endgame but probably to a lot of people the biggest movie of this year is avengers endgame so we thought it'd be kind of fun to do the rest of this month as like we like cody said the month of marvel so the next uh three weeks next three shows will be uh all having to do with the marvel cinematic universe or as we will continue to call it through the rest of the episode the mcu we just thought it'd be kind of fun to do that uh it's kind of the time to do it don't you think i mean with it being the last one yeah, the last one for now. Well, the last one of what we've come to know as like the MCU to right. this point. It's going to be very a very different landscape in those movies after Endgame. You're going to have a lot of people that do not survive or just don't come back. So I just feel like this or is... Or their contracts of, are up. Or their contracts are up. <laughs> uh, no, I just feel like this is kind of a capper to everything they've done for the past you know, 10 years, especially since, I mean, I know Kevin Feige has come out and said uh, that they're, they had, he has the next five years planned, but that's all, you know, new, like you're still going to get guardians. You're still going to get Spider-Man, but I just feel like this is the finale. So if, if there was a season, this is your season finale, you right. know, or series finale, almost you could look at it right. and then they're rebooting it. <laughs> exactly. With heroes reborn. So before we get into the, the main event, our top 10 uh, MCU villains, we, do have a little bit of movie news to go over. Um, we did get a trailer for the photorealistic Lion King. Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it because it, they're billing it as the live action Lion King, and it's not. It's an animated Lion King. Right. It's photorealistic, like you said, but yeah, it's it's there's nothing breathing in that movie. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, no human actors. I mean, you can say The Jungle Book is a live-action remake. There was a human yes. actor, but every, he was, you know, on a soundstage and a green screen for all of the movie. Yeah, um, he was never thrown into the jungle. <laughs> he was never thrown. He was never riding a bear. <laughs> Although I'd like to see that movie done. That'd be kind of fun. 
<laughs> yeah, no. But um, but no, yeah. It's I mean, it's fine. People continue to call it animated or animated live action. I mean, that's it's it's what it's suppo- going it's, for. It's it's what it is. It's what Disney's calling it. You know, it's it's not live action like Aladdin was. You know, it's but. It, that's fine. I mean, it just it irritates me slightly in the in the back of my mind anytime someone says, "Yeah, that live action Lion King," eh, but it is, I guess, whatever. <laughs> yeah, for for what it's worth. But yeah, um, no, the trailer looks great. Gets it gets oh, yeah. more and more excited every bit we hear about this movie. And seeing Timon and Pumbaa in the mo- in the trailer, um, I think Scar looks awesome. awesome. Scar looks terrifying to me. He looks great. I really like the design of Scar. He was the one I was worried about because. He's one of my favorite Disney villains, so I I like I can't wait to see how they do it. Right. And I'm just the, I hate the car- they're not doing be prepared. Right. I mean, <clears throat> again, I've I've heard back and forth on I know uh they they're probably not going to, but I've seen different tweets from people that claim to be insiders that oh yeah, be prepared is actually in it. They're just mm-hmm. not telling anybody. I don't know if they're that and holds by any insider, water. Insider you mean you mean guy sitting at his computer in his mom's basement. Probably. <laughs> but he has the green check mark on Twitter or blue check mark on Twitter, <laughs> so he's blue verified. Check mark on Twitter, he's he's verified. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, no, it, it looks good. That's it's a good trailer. I love that Hans Zimmer is back to do the score that mm-hmm. he did for the first one, and and they really capitalize that with that on the trailer, and it gives you all the feels. I'm still fully not prepared to watch Bufasa die in photorealism. Oh yeah, I'll be crying. I can't handle it. I mean, I cried at the end of How to Train Your Dragon 3, which I watched, and I'm not proud of that. <laughs> you know, it's just not prepared, but I should be prepared. Ah, call uh-huh. that. Um, <laughs> go ahead. But, so, I mean, you see some of the <clears throat> other bits of, I th- we're for sure going to get Hakuna Matata, I think, because they're... Oh, they'd be dumb they, not to. They do that whole, the transition from young to old in the trailer, mm-hmm. and that's the song that it happened in, so... I, th- I think the ones they've announced for sure they're doing, they're doing Hakuna Matata, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, and... Uh, Can't Wait first... to Be King? No, the first one. Um, Circle of Life. Circle of Life, okay. They're for sure doing those. Well, Circle they, of Life I, was I... in the first teaser, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah, but they still don't necessarily... True. ...going to use it. That could just be for marketing purposes. But no, they, they've said they are doing Circle of Life. I, I just... I don't know. I like Be Prepared, but... Yeah. Scar still looks awesome, so I'll take it. Well, and I mean, because if you look at, like, Jungle Book, we really only got two songs out of the whole movie. Yeah. And granted, they're the only two songs that I ever remembered from the movie, even having done the play in high school. Uh, I remember (laughs) remember them from the play, too. So, when you know, that would have been cool. But, yeah, it's weird they didn't. Um, I do laugh, though, at all the people that that are praising the hell out of Disney doing these live action remakes. These are basically shot-for-shot shot remakes. Certainly money And people money have grabs. been giving Gus Van Sant crap for like 25 years for his Psycho remake, which is shot-for-shot, shot, when Disney has literally been doing this with their animated films for like the last three or four years. Almost, basic, basically almost shot-for-shot shot remakes of their movies, and people are praising it as like the greatest thing. So I hate that aspect of this, but I'm still going to go see it. I'm still excited. I, I, I don't want them to stop. I'm, I'm very excited for Aladdin next month. We get, uh, they're making Mulan right now, which I'm mm-hmm. excited for. We're once, I know they're, they're, they're in pre-production for Hunchback in Notre Dame. I think Josh Gad is doing that. that oh, I didn't be fun. hear about that one. <clears throat> yeah, they announced that a couple months ago. He's okay. going to produce it and he's going to star in it. The one I really want them to do, I want Hercules. I'd be excited to see Hercules. That's that's one yeah. of the the more the one of my favorite 
Disney. Yeah, movies. I would love to see Hercules. That would be so much fun. And just, I know he's crazy right now, but just let James Woods play Hades again. <laughs> Put him in some blue makeup. Just let James Woods do it. He light did his it on hair on fire. Parts still, exactly. Light his head on fire. It'll still be fun. You'll get a few minutes of footage out of that. Yeah. Just CGI the rest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, he does look look the part. Well, yeah, well, that's because they animated it to him. Yeah, I mean, you know. So, no, it's I. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I mean, we don't we don't know that it's happening yet, but no, no, that, the, I, that's that's the only one that's that's pure me wanting it. All the right. other ones are in pre production or in production right now. Like I said, Mulan is is filming right now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'd love to see Hercules done, just from the movies of that era. You know, like right, those were all so good, and then. Pocahontas you know, would be interesting to see too. Pocahontas would be interesting, but they would definitely have to change some stuff. Yeah, it's a little that dated. Is a little dated. Yeah, it's it's definitely a little dated by today's standards. They would probably have to change some stuff, but I'd be all for Pocahontas. That'd be a fun movie too. But uh, it's funny. I was thinking about earlier about Disney and how they kind of, you know, like the two D animation was so big with Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Pocahontas, Mulan, even uh, up to Princess Beauty. and the Frog. <clears throat> Well, was, Princess and the Frog was what mid two thousands early, but it was like, it, it was big that they went back and still did back. the two D animation. Yeah, but I was just thinking about how like they were juggernauts in that format all through like the mid nineties, and then ninety five came along, and we got Toy Story, and it like completely changed Disney. You know what I mean? We still got Mulan, I think, in like late nineties, mm-hmm. but the two D animation really kind of went away. And they were kind of just like, you know what? Let's do these now. You know, and it's just kind of right. just something I was thinking about earlier about Disney. I was thinking about how they operated and stuff and how they've changed over the years. And like you said, then they went back to that 2D stuff. And now they're still doing, you know, the 3D animation here and there. But mm-hmm. yeah, Pixar. All right. Anything um, else you got for news, Cody? I don't think I have anything for news, but I think you saw a movie this weekend. Am I right? I did. I did. I have an addition or a relist, so to speak. Uh, so as last, as we talked about last week, we did our top 10 DC films in honor of the movie Shazam coming out last Friday. Shazam. Shazam. Uh, <laughs> I went and saw Shazam and I'm here to report if we had did this list this week, Shazam would be in my top five DC movies of all time. I don't know where, wow. but it's in there. I don't know what I would drop. That would be the hard part. Cause I liked my top five last week, but it's, it's in there. It's very good. Cody. Um, I'll have to. I'll have to you, go see it. I you mean, will, because it's very good. So it's it's going with and along with the Batman's. It's going in there with the Batman's. It, is it, it kicking? Not, it's kicking Man of Steel out of your top five. I was just trying to think if if, if Man of Steel <laughs> was in my top five. Yeah, it would knock Man of Steel out. Um, I'll give a quick little review. This is gonna. I'm gonna stay as spoiler free as possible. I'm not gonna spoil anything massive. Nothing really that the trailers didn't show or that isn't going to like ruin anything you know what i mean right so shazam for those of you who don't know is basically superman meets big the movies uh it's about this young orphan boy named billy batson who meets this mystical wizard who gives him the, his powers and all he has to do is say the word shazam, shazam. and this 14 year old boy shazam <laughs> is transformed into like this 30 year old superhero who has all the powers of like famous greek gods so like his name is an acronym so like shazam or uh, the S is like the wisdom of Solomon and the strength of Hercules. And then, you know, A-Z-A-M. The rest <laughs> um, of them. <laughs> and, and the, the rest. rest. <laughs> um, 
which I don't remember. I just remember those two because it was just interesting. Uh, but he becomes like a superhero. He's basically Superman, but he can't shoot lasers. But he can shoot like lightning out of his fingers, which is one of the funnier parts Zeus of the movie. Probably. That could be Zeus. Yeah, for Z, you're right. Um, the funny, one of the funnier parts of the movie. The movie, I'll just say this: movie is incredibly funny. It is a really funny movie. And the, one of the funnier parts in the movie is they're trying to think of a name for him. Because he can't really tell people, hey, my name is Shazam, because then he'll transform back into the little kid. <laughs> you know? So the whole movie, they're trying to think of different names. And at one point, his friend calls him Captain Sparkle Fingers, <laughs> which I, I think is pretty dang funny. Uh, but they, they handle it really well. It's Zachary Levi plays the adult. He plays Shazam. He plays the adult Billy when he becomes the superhero. And he's perfect for the part. He's good at playing that kind of fish out of the water. You fully believe this guy is a 14-year-old kid who now has Superman's powers. Was he Chuck? He was Chuck. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Okay. yeah he's really... He fits the part really well. Um, and they it's just written well to the point where, like, they do what kids would do. Like, he doesn't get the superpowers and then instantly go, let's go fight crime. No, he gets the superpowers and they, they spend, like, all day skipping school testing out what his powers are. <laughs> you know, like, he's punching walls to see. There's a fantastic scene... And part of it's in the trailer, so I'm just going to tell you anyway. If you don't want to hear it, skip ahead, everybody, a few minutes. There's a fantastic scene where one of the first things they try to do is they're going to go buy beer. Because he's old enough, he can go buy it. <laughs> and as they're in the, the little convenience store buying beer, it starts getting held up. And he goes up there to stop them. And they turn, and they have their guns on him. And his friend, Freddy, who is who knows he's Shazam and is excited because he's a big superhero nut and is just excited that Billy's a superhero now tells the robbers, Oh, that's great. Shoot him. Let's, sh you know, shoot him. So they start shooting at him and the bullets are just falling off, you know, his chest and stuff. They're not hurting him. And they get all excited. You've got bullet immunity. You've got bullet immunity. They're all excited and Shazam's all excited. And the robbers just kind of sit there like, what the hell is going on? And so he grabs the gun from him and Freddie says, wait, 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 how do we know it's not just your suit that's bulletproof? <laughs> and he goes, shoot him in the face. <laughs> and the look Shazam gives, like, wait, what? And they just start blowing him away in the face. And, you know, he's he doesn't hurt him. He's immune to it. But it's just such a genuine moment of, like, a kid would do that. He wouldn't think twice about, like, oh, well, shoot him in the face. See if he's, <laughs> you know, see if it's not just the suit. Like, it is just charming. It's fun. I, I kind of was thinking about, like, this would be the movie that, if, if Spielberg or Joe Dante, who did Gremlins, uh, were to make a superhero film, this would be the movie. Uh, Spielberg for, like, the heart and the humor and Joe Dante for... I'll tell you right now, this movie is directed by David F. Sandberg. And his two big movies before this, you know, he has two, was the horror film Lights Out, which is very good. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's I recommend it. Maybe not for you, Cody, but for other people. I mean, it's good, though. I mean, you still might like it. It's, got, it's one of those where it has a good story to it other than just, oh, there's scares. And he did Annabelle Creation, which a lot of people didn't see because the first Annabelle is complete crap. But Annabelle Creation, <coughs> I looked at it, equated it to it's, it's a roller coaster of a horror film. Annabelle Creation is awesome. And people didn't see it because, like I said, the first one's not good, which is sad because it's very good. So he directed this, and there are definitely some horror moments, which are right up like a Joe Dante, like with Gremlins, where it's a movie for kids, but there's some scary crap in this movie. Uh, the bad guy is imbued with the powers of the seven deadly sins. In this movie, the seven deadly sins are personified as like these demon-looking creatures, and they come out and they do some crazy crap. And there are a couple really... like 
chilling, scary moments. But I like that because think about when we were growing up and we were kids. Were you horrified in Raiders of the Lost Ark when the Nazis face melted? Oh, oh of course. It, but it's a movie that was so much fun, but had moments of scares like that. And I think it's important when you're young like that to get a movie that's kid-friendly, but also has some moments that can can rile you up and scare you because you need those scares when you're younger. You know what I mean? My biggest movie that was like that, um, I not quite, it, partially a kid's movie, uh, but I think it was Jurassic Park 2 or 3. I can't remember which one. Mm-hmm. But when the two dinosaurs grab the guy and rip oh, him in God, half, the second one. yeah, that that was mine. That was, you <laughs> know, horrifying. My young and... mind not knowing what special effects yeah. are, thinking that guy and... just got torn in half. Exactly, <laughs> Toby. It's Toby from the West Wing. It's even more horrifying. Um, but no, but I I I'm all for movies that are fun and funny, having a little edge to them like that. And it's not the whole movie. It's only a couple parts in this movie where like, ooh, that's kind of spooky. That's, oh, that's a good like kind of jump scare. There's a few jump scares in the movie. But they're quick and they're not, you know, like Annabelle. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and it's funny because like there have been a little backlash by parents who've taken their young kids to see this. And that's horrible that they put these in there. That's not horrible. Your kids can handle it. And if they can't, then you need to do something about it. You know what I mean? Like don't, then obviously then don't take them. But you shouldn't be mad at the movie. Like you can, movies are supposed to be fun thrill rides. There are moments. Look at the Goonies. There's some creepy moments in the mm-hmm. Goonies. But I love the Goonies when I was growing up because it's that it's got that little edge to where it's like, oh, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Oh, good, you know. And that's why I feel like this movie does. Just like Gremlins. Like that's got some scary stuff to it. But it, I loved it growing up mm-hmm. for that reason. That's why I felt like Joe Dante would have, if he made a superhero movie, it would have been this. It's got a very like '80s horror like vibe to it, but it's not a horror film at all. Um. They do a lot of referencing to the DCEU. Uh, <laughs> they reference, they're running through a, a, a mall and he's trying to run from the bad guy and he sees a, a line of Batman action figures and he throws one at him and goes, get him, Batman! <laughs> you know, like just so many little moments like that that are just so much fun. It's got a good message about family and I, I highly recommend Shazam. I hope DC continues in this vein of making fun not so dark Zack Snyder-ish movies. Just give them some light and some fun, and they have a, a winner. And they've this started movie, doing that since Aquaman. Since Aquaman, yeah. Um, and this one truly is a movie you could take your family to see. You know, uh, I don't think kids will be bored at all. Like I said, they may get some jump scares out of it, but mm-hmm. they're fun jump scares. They're not. I mean, there's a scene in a boardroom. I'm not going to spoil what it is. There's a scene in a boardroom that definitely is. It's horror. That whole scene is horror, and it's fantastic. But other than that, it's it's just a good, lighthearted, fun family movie, and I, I cannot recommend it enough, and it would be in my top five. So, Shazam! Go see it. Okay. Shazam. Shazam. Is that something from the movie, like the whispering it after, means- or is that just you? <laughs> no, it's just it's me. Okay. You did it too before I put, we did it last week before we even, before I even saw the movie. Right. <laughs> no, every time he becomes Shazam, he shouts it. It's always Shazam, and then the lightning. He always gets it. Lightning strikes him, and then boom, he's Shazam. Like it's it's really cool. I like Freakazoid. <laughs> yes, like Freakazoid. <laughs> I love that show. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a long time. That's a good show, though. Go watch Freakazoid, everybody, and then come back and listen to the rest of our show. <laughs> I mean, it's only like 40 episodes. You'll, you'll you'll be back in a couple days. Exactly. Okay. So with that out of the way, as we said at the top of the show, our theme for the first episode of our month of Marvel 
is the top 10 MCU villains. So that's anyone from any of any villain from the first Iron Man all the way up to uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I think was the last released Marvel film, right? Captain, no, Captain Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> Captain Marvel. That's right. Captain Marvel. Now, I liked Captain Marvel, but it's kind of telling that I've forgotten it already. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so it can be anyone in those lists. Uh, I know Cody, you, you admitted, uh, to me and you can tell the vi- listeners yeah. that I'll, you I'll, are behind a few. I, I am behind, not necessarily behind, Correct. but I've skipped around on the yeah. past few. So there, there are a few of the more recent ones that I have not seen. I've seen everything up until <laughs> Ant and including the original, the first Ant-Man and yes. then probably only three or four since then. So I do have a little bit less of a repertoire to work with on this villains episode, um, but for sure I'll have the rest of them caught up by the time we do more the rest of our month of Marvel. Um, yeah, I think I got five movies left to watch, which is you know that's doable, doable in a week. Um, so yeah, and you know think thinking about this list, putting this list together, it was still difficult for me because you you remember like the heroes but mm-hmm. the villains i mean they're they're kind of one and done and very f- fairly forgettable and that's been a problem that marvel has had since the beginning and it's something people always talk about that marvel has a villain the marvel villain problem they have not save for a few which i'm sure we'll get to tonight mm-hmm. but they have not had a good track record with villains that you can relate with or ones that are compelling you know what i mean like they're They've had so many that are just, I want to take over the world and that's it. Eh, you know, I, I'm more prone to like villains that I can relate to, which makes them compelling because you wonder, oh crap, why would I relate to that monster? You know what I mean? But a villain that you can understand what they're doing, even though they're going about it the completely opposite way of how they should be. Right, exactly. But no, I mean, <clears throat> still definitely some interesting, an interesting list, an interesting to make list this week. But, yeah, it was fun. To explain how the show works, what we do is every week we come up with a certain topic. Um, and we take, as soon as we get that topic, Nick and I go our separate ways. And we create our own top ten lists. And then we come back on the show and discuss and argue about our top ten for whatever that week is. Um, and have we, as we've said multiple times this week, we're looking at the MCU villains, the bad guys. Yeah. So, to start out with my number 10. My number 10 isn't... He is, but he isn't quite a villain. Um, oh. And, um, we'll, I'm, I'm sure you'll understand once I say who it is. So, my number yeah. 10 from Iron Man 3. 2 or 3. <laughs> uh, okay. The Mandarin. Yeah. Or... Okay. Was it Iron Man Fred. 2 or 3? It was 3. A 3. Okay. So... Trevor slash Slattery? Mandarin Slattery. Trevor, yeah. Trevor Slattery. <laughs> Which is just funny. It's, it's just it's Trevor Slattery. <laughs> but so he he's literally just a pawn. He is yeah. an actor that is portraying that is put a face for the Mandarin, the villain. Um, yeah, because, Aldrich, uh, Aldrich Killian. Aldrich, yeah, the the vir- the guy that made the extremist virus. Yeah, yep. Um, that just explodes people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That'll be good. So the, um, yeah, the Mandarin is 
broadcasting these messages on behalf of. So you think that the Mandarin is this big terrorist and he's this huge bad guy. Um, he's, you know, poisoning or killing these people and anarchy and all that jazz. But then when they finally, you know, catch him in his what dressing room, he's just this normal guy. He's, I'm, I think so, yeah. Uh, he's, he was just hired and paid to be the face. He's not really bad. He's, he's just theater, he's a theater he's actor. He's an actor. Yeah. And I like a the, drunk, humanizing, <laughs> you know. But I mean, like I said, not really a villain, but for the most part in that movie, you think he is. He is for about 75, 80% of that movie. He's your threat. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of figure Aldrich Killian is involved <clears throat> somehow, and you know he's going to be a bad guy too. But I always kind of, when I first watched that, thought, okay, well, they're just working together, which you know they are. About halfway through, you find that out. Right. But, yeah, the big twist is, no, he's just an actor. Aldrich is the one. He's the real, like, Mandarin pulling the strings. Mastermind behind everything. So, <laughs> yeah, so that is why my number 10 is the Mandarin. Yeah, he. I, I remember being so excited. I know a lot of people were pissed. That polarized a lot of people who were very excited to finally see the Mandarin. Like, probably Iron Man's, like, most notable villain right. is the Mandarin. To finally see him done on screen. And then they cast someone like Ben Kingsley. And I remember thinking, like, that is perfect. Mm-hmm. And then the first trailer comes out. It's always one of my favorite trailers. Because I remember when he first talked in that trailer, like, he uses such a creepy, like, odd voice for it. You know, like, when he says, you'll never see me coming. Like, it's just so weird and, and scary. And it was just so threatening. You know, like, and he's uncontrollable, like, when he shoots the guy, even though he told the president he wouldn't. Like, it's it's very, like, scary. And, and to do that 180 where, no, he's just this goofy guy who's drunk cheering at soccer, like, was just, was fun. I was fine with it, whereas I know people who were really pissed. And still, to this day, hate that movie because of how they treated the Mandarin, which I can understand if you were a lifelong Iron Man comic reader. I wasn't. You exactly. may be pissed at it. But I enjoyed it for what it was, and that's cool he's on your list. I didn't put him on there purely because I had others I liked more. And sure. again, he, you know, to, he, like you said, he, he's not te- technically the main villain, but he is for most of it. But no, I like that. I like him a lot. Yeah. That right. Trevor Slattery and his shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so now I'll move on to my number 10. So my number 10 comes from Avengers Age of Ultron. My number 10 is that lovable robot. Ultron. Yeah, I'm going to need to punt that. Oh, cool. So we'll talk about uh, Ultron a little later. Okay. For those of you who don't know, anytime Cody or I have something the same on one of our lists, we always save that discussion for when it's later on the list. So Cody obviously has Ultron lower on his list, so it's better to save that discussion for when it's, it's, it's at that lower position than talking about it like now where I have it at number 10. So we'll save Ultron for a little bit. And uh, we'll move on to my number nine. So my number nine comes from Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Is it the Winter and, Soldier? And it is not the Winter Soldier. And people oh. might get pissed off about this. No, I went with Alexander Pierce, played by Bobby Redford, or Robert Redford, if you're not one of his close personal friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, you know, of course I am. We grill out every Sunday. Uh, Robert Redford as Alexander Pierce is a stroke of genius. I've always considered Age of, Age of Ultron, uh, Winter Soldier, as kind of like a political conspiracy film, because it really it is. It really is. The big twist of that movie is you find out that for like 70 years, S.H.I.E.L.D., this big you know, world-saving organization, has actually been being controlled by HYDRA, 
since World War II. And Hydra being the big evil, you know, Nazi type group in Marvel Comics ran by Red Skull and whatnot. So to find out in this movie that, oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually being controlled by this terrible organization that has been for like, you know, 70 years is awful. And so it is like a big political conspiracy film. And Alexander Pierce, uh, Redford's part, he's kind of like the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, end up ends up being like one of the main villains. And the reason I didn't put Winter Soldier on the list is because he's kind of the puppet, whereas Hydra and Alexander Pierce is the puppet master. So I felt like he was the bigger villain to me in that movie. Yeah, Winter Soldier's the threat throughout it because he's the one going out and doing it. But the person pulling the strings is Alexander Pierce. And the fact that they got multiple Academy Award nominee and winner, Robert Redford, to utter the phrase, Hail Hydra, (laughs) (laughs) is incredible. I mean, even Gary Shandling gets to say Hail Hydra. Gary Shandling, Cody! (laughs) Like, it's just so good. And that movie is a lot of fun. So it's just... It's so good. And even before that term where you find out he's the villain at the end, he's just good throughout the whole movie as just kind of this bureaucratic guy that's running S.H.I.E.L.D. But then when he makes that turn, it's like, oh, 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 crap. S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually Hydra. That's horrifying. Mm-hmm. I just, I liked him for he's not this big flashy villain. He's not, you know, he's, well, he sure isn't Trevor Slattery. Um, he's not, you know, Winter Soldier with the robot arm. You know, he's not anything over the top. He's just a normal guy who happens to run this evil empire. So, I like Alexander Pierce. I like Winter Soldier a lot, so he's my number nine. Yeah, and I I do remember Alexander Pierce very vaguely. Um, I do yeah. re- more. I remember more from Winter Soldier, other parts of Winter Soldier. So um, yeah, he. I, I think it's just because Redford plays him really understated. You know, he's not your big flashy part, but yeah. he's the puppet master. You know, right. and I can say we will talk about the Winter Soldier in a little bit. Ooh, or the movie, the character oh. from the movie, not not not. Yeah, I don't have the Winter Soldier on my list either. <laughs> okay. because, well, and I think I have I had the same reasoning because <laughs> he is just brainwashed. That, that's why I didn't include the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Even in Civil War, you know, he's he's being controlled. He has right. no control over his actions. So, I mean, yeah, he is an antagonist in this one in terms of he's you know chasing our hero the whole movie. But right. the true villain of that movie is the guy pulling the strings, and that's Alexander yes. Pierce, Bobby Redford. All right. Okay, so that's my number nine. Cody, what have you got for number nine? So my number nine is from an earlier um, MCU movie. In the time before the Hulk was changed actors. Oh, okay. So from The Incredible Hulk, um, I have chosen The Abomination as my number nine. Emil Blonsky. Emil Blonsky. So for those that don't know... The Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton playing Bruce Banner is an MCU movie. They just changed Absolutely. it to Mark Ruffalo once we got into the Avengers. It confused me for the longest time that it was still the Marvel right. Cinematic Universe. It it really did. Okay. So, and I know a lot of people are in the same boat as me that they don't recall that that is an MCU movie. And mm-hmm. I know, like, the Ang Lee, the Hulk, was really close before that too so that we got yeah, a bunch about of, we got a lot five of hulk. Or six years i think yeah we got a lot of hulk in a half of century yeah which... I, I, that's and that's the sad thing about this movie is it gets forgotten i think because of what you said because it's not mark ruffalo there's a big disconnect between the two hulks and i think a lot of people forget and because it was it was, it was the second movie it was yeah you know it, after, right after iron, iron man, man. Came out the same year i think iron man was may i think this was july i think so I just so, think it's unfairly forgotten. But um, 
to get to the villain in the movie, uh, the abomination, Emil Blonsky is this guy that through the whole movie, he's, you know, trying to get the Hulk or trying to get, trying to catch Bruce Banner, uh, trying to catch the Hulk to f- basically harness the power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the end of the movie, he does get and basically inject himself with Bruce Banner's blood to get the radiation. And he just becomes the abomination, this huge, twice the size of the Hulk monster yeah um because he pretty much over overdosed himself and um thinking about our conversation last week about the dc movies i had league of extraordinary gentlemen it's the same ending <laughs> it, it really is uh with the with the mr hyde potion and the you know don't drink the whole thing and <sighs> becomes this big hulking monster and i mean we're referencing you know either one back and forth i think that really was based on the abomination because i think they based dr Hyde or mr hyde in that movie on the hulk because that's more or less you know as we discussed the first time we got the hulking mr hyde yeah yeah but no so and the abomination is one of the the ones that i do remember from the early um cartoons and seeing in the comics so see i don't i don't ever remember him when i my introduction to him was this movie was it okay yeah i didn't remember him at all from anything i i I felt like i remembered him maybe Mm -hmm. i I don't know you probably did you watched him i i I never watched like the incredible cartoon or any of that but um and i mean it's you know the battle of the monsters the two fighting each other fairly equal strength i mean Mm -hmm. of course the the our good good our good green guy ends up you know walking out with the win yeah because otherwise it wouldn't be a superhero movie that's true well well <laughs> well <laughs> i'm sure we'll get into a little later about how oh. how uh a movie can end with the villain winning <laughs> true yes very true but so yeah but I my, get what you mean though yeah my number nine is the abomination see with abomination for me i didn't put him on my list i i like the incredible Hulk movie a lot i think like like you said it's 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 not remembered which is sad because it's a it's a strong movie. I never liked the abomination stuff at the end. I think I liked everything really well up to that point because then it just became kind of a monster versus monster fight. And I didn't like the look of the abomination. I didn't think he was. I mean, he didn't look really different enough than the Hulk, other than like you say, he's bigger and I think he's brown, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's cool. I like everything with him before that. I like Tim Roth as himself chasing him as a military guy. So you, you know. put Emil Blonsky on your list above the Abomination himself. Yeah, yeah, because okay. I like that threat more than just now we're just going to do a big, it's going to be a monster CG fight for the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes, which is fine. It's still a fun movie a lot, but I think yeah. I prefer, yeah, before he injects himself with uh, Hulk's uh, serum or whatever. Yeah. But no, I like it's on your list because you're drawing attention to a movie people forget about. Yeah, and let's not also let's also not forget that Lou Ferrigno reprised his role as the Incredible Hulk for this movie. Yeah, that was back before they had, you know, so Ed Norton really didn't do anything other than his Bruce Banner, mm-hmm. whereas now Mark Ruffalo, he plays the Hulk, too. When he's, he's everything, yeah. The Hulk, yeah. He's in that mocap suit, performing the role, grunting, roaring, and wearing, wearing giant Hulk hands, <laughs> <laughs> which is incredible. Which, you know, they just got the Hulk hands from Target, from the merchandise Oh, I'm sure aisle. they did. I'm sure they did. Why not? They're already out there. Save some cash. So that's cool. I like that abominations on your list though. That's nice. Yeah. So on to my number eight. Unless you have anything else to add about about the abomination. Nope. Okay. On to my number eight. So I did mention that we were going to talk a little bit more about Captain America Winter Soldier. 
Um, Here's where we get to it. So my number eight is Arnim Zola, who doesn't get a cool supervillain name because he's he's not really a supervillain in The Winter Soldier. But, I mean, really, he's not a supervillain in... He's he's more of a villain in Captain America, I think, than he is in Winter Soldier. Right, but I like... The first Avenger. I like how they did it in... Yeah, the Winter Soldier. So, well, you don't have to quantify it per movie. You can just say yeah. over over both. Over you both. Know, that your so, number eight is Arnim Zola. So, what I like about Arnim Zola is he is in the Winter Soldier. He has fused his consciousness with a mainframe computer, and that is a fascinating, you know, spectacle to me because yeah. this still took place in the you know past ish. Well, not a, it, no. It, that's it, it, it takes place now, but the com- but the, when he did right. it was in the past. Okay. So that's why I think the computers are those old, so, you know. Yeah, he's in this room-sized mainframe computer that it's running on the reel-to-reel tapes. And it, when he has a thought, you can see the reels start spinning in the background. Or, And honestly, for this movie, he's just bait. I mean, he or he's baiting them. He wants them to be there long enough for them to bomb the place and kill Captain America yeah. and... Uh, black widow but in that he is you know i can understand where some people might have been frustrated with how they did it because in the comics he had the android body with the tv screen in this in the middle in the torso much more comic yeah i think that works better in a comic that's a little goofy yeah then he basically becomes uh what's the character from turtles with the brain in the uh in the robot's chest oh i can't remember matt brainiac no, Brainiac's a DC villain. Uh-oh. I'm gonna look it up while you talk because that's gonna bother me. <laughs> but I, I can understand how some people would be, you know, frustrated with that. But this fits the more. I mean, the the DC movies are, or the Marvel movies are more realistic than the comics to an extent. I mean, you still get the aliens, you still get the Hulk, you still get all of the supernaturalish stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, they they kept it to be Krang. Krang. There we go. Yeah, Krang. But but they kept it they made it their own definitely yeah and like well, and he, as you said in... you enjoyed him in captain america the first yeah. avenger um he's yeah he's red hench- skull's right hand man the henchman to red skull yeah and um uh, I, I he he's also gets to reveal the big twist of the movie you oh, know yeah he's he, isn't he the one if i remember correctly that reveals to them that shield has been being controlled by hydra yeah i think so now that you you know, I, that. so I think I think he's a he's cool or, or important because of that. Like he gets the big moment of, hey, guess what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, I like Toby Jones, who plays that part a lot. He's good at those types of squirrely little villain roles. Yeah. So I, he's a good he's a good fit for that type of part. And I like him a lot in both of them, even if, you know, like I said, he's just a voice in the second one. But I really like I mean, that his face part is a lot. on the screen. So they I mean, they kind of still get it's, his... it's, it's tweaked a bit, though. Isn't yeah. it like isn't it really like stylized? Yeah, it's, it's cool. like the the Matrix like visual the text yeah. on the screen but it's you can still recognize yep. him with his glasses and his mm-hmm. square face <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah yep but no, cool. I, and i the the merging consciousness with the the computer is what it's like that'd be cool i mean i you know, still like mobility of having a body <laughs> yeah. but well then you'd be crying i'd be crying or i'd be the comic version of <laughs> Which, of Arnim Zola. I'm still disappointed that he didn't get a cool villain name. Like I for for a while when I first wrote him down on the list, I wrote Mastermind, but I didn't Mastermind? think that was right. And it was a there's good a thing DC, I checked. There's a DC villain called Mr. Mind. Mr. He's Mind. He's a uh, he's a little caterpillar. But 
as I say, either way you look at it, he doesn't have a cool name. I mean, he doesn't have a you know villain yeah, name. It's just, just Arnim just, Zola, just his name. Well, Alexander Pierce didn't. <laughs> True. Or Trevor Slattery. Well, I guess he gets the he moniker gets the, of the Mandarin. Yeah, he but gets it's not to, really him. He gets a name tag for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's like yeah, my number eight's Zola Arnim. Okay. Moving on to my number eight is kind of connected to Arnim Zola a little bit. My number eight is the Red Skull from oh. Captain America, the first Avenger. Played by Agent Smith. <clears throat> That's right. Played <laughs> by Agent Smith, Hugo Weaving, for the one and only time. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, so Red Skull is the leader of Hydra, the evil organization. Captain America, the first Avenger, is set during World War II. So Red Skull is working for Hitler but he to try to find what's called the Tesseract, which <sighs> I'm sick of the Tesseract, Cody. <laughs> It's always the MacGuffin. It's the MacGuffin in so many of these Marvel films. And I shit you not. Guess what's the MacGuffin in Captain America? Or Ca- Captain, uh, Marvel? Captain Marvel. The Is it the Tesseract? tesseract. <laughs> oh, I literally almost in the theater went, again? <laughs> like, it's always. I'm sure you would have been in good company on that remark. Oh, I'm sure. It's just so irritating. But, you know, that's besides the point, I guess. But, you know, so in this movie, he's trying to find it for Hitler to make weapons. And he goes rogue and whatnot. And Red Skull... His name is exactly what he is. He throughout the movie he wears he looks like Hugo Weaving, but halfway through he pulls off the fake face and Red Skull is actually is a completely red face, but his face looks like a skull. Like his nose is gone, he has the high cheekbones, you know the bones, you know. So like he's he's called Red Skull because of that, and and he's just the epitome of evil. He's a Nazi, which you know is is as evil as you can get. Um, Wasn't and, the Tesseract what the Transformers were looking for too? That's an Allspark. Oh, same thing. Right? Allspark, yeah. I think it's Allspark. Matrix yeah. of Leadership, whatever it is. Well, go see Bumblebee. It's much better than the rest. But anyway, uh, Red Skull is just awesome. He's Hugo Weaving plays him so well. He's 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 good at playing that kind of the way Nazis kind of carry themselves as better than everyone. And he's good at playing that part, which is why it sucks that he hated playing this part. I don't know if it was the makeup or what, but Hugo Weaving kind of pretty much said, "I'm not ever coming back to that role," and he didn't. One of the big surprises of Infinity War, halfway through, when Thanos has to go get the Soul Stone at, I forgot what planet it is, this guy appears, pulls down his hood, and it's Red Skull. It's played by another actor. It's the guy that plays uh, Aaron on The Walking Dead, who's a really gifted impersonator, because I thought it was Hugo Weaving till the end credits. It sounded just like him. Yeah, like he does a good job, but it's just kind of cool, because at the end of Captain America, you know, he gets sucked into the Tesseract. <sighs> tesseract. And gets, you know, shot away. And I remember, I think you and I went and saw the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. I remember you and I talking about, you know, well, he's not dead. You know, they can't kill Red Skull. He's Captain America's biggest villain. One of Marvel's biggest villains, you know, along with Dr. Doom and them. Um, he, I remember I was saying, well, he got sucked away somewhere. Maybe he got sucked away to, to Asgard because that kind of looked like the Rainbow Bridge from Thor. You know, like like maybe he went somewhere. Well, he ended up on that planet that Thanos goes to. So it was kind of cool to see him brought back. And he's just good. He chews the scenery a lot. Hugo mm-hmm. Weaving just gets to, but I think that comes with the territory of playing a villain, especially a comic book villain. You know, the scene where he's addressing all his troops while drinking the little glass of champagne in the uh, in the big air hangar is just really awesome. It's just he brought a gravitas to that role that I think you needed because you know it was like the what third Marvel film I believe. Yeah, it's so early, it was third just, or fourth. Yeah, so it was just fun for them to go over the top. I wish we would have gotten like Red Skull more than what we get in terms of like you see him in the makeup. I think you only get him for like 20 minutes, which is kind of lame. But when they went for it, they went for it. and He looked really cool. So I really like Red Skull. Okay. He's my number eight. Yeah, And I mean, 
like you said, what what can be more evil than Nazis in World War Two? Exactly. Or in general. Um, but yeah, he you you know that he's the bad guy because he's you know working. Yeah, working for even Hitler. if you yeah even if you are new to comics, like comic fans know Hydra, they're evil. Right. Even if you were new to new new to comics, new to this movie, and you saw he's working for Hitler, that's all you need to know. Exactly. You know what I mean? To know that this guy's a monster, and he is. You know, I mean, he he kind of is. I mean, this it's Bucky dies fighting them, kind of. Yeah, for I mean, for what we know quotes. at the end of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anything you want to add on uh, any more on Red Skull? No, I don't have anything to add on Red Skull. Okay, now we'll do my number sevens. My number seven is from Captain America: Civil War. Iron That's Man? funny. That's funny. My nine, eight, and seven are all Captain America films. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I just noticed that. Um, no, not Iron Man, but that is an interesting choice. But no, the true <laughs> villain of Civil War is Helmut Zemo. Uh, or Zemo. Never understood which one it is. I don't remember from the movie, but I'm going to call him Z- Zemo because that sounds cool. Okay. Uh, so Helmut Zemo. I'm going to say Zemo. I can't do this. Um, Helmut Zemo is, the to me, one of the better Marvel villains because he is not anything flashy. He is a guy whose family was killed during the fight with Ultron at the end of uh, Age of Ultron, the second Avengers film. And he wants revenge. And so he recognizes what's the best way to take these people out. Make them fight each other. Make them hate each other. And this whole movie is him doing stuff to get them to fight. You know, he he, he Stirs blows pot. up. Yeah, he blows up the embassy and blames it on uh, Bucky, which causes the Sokovia Accords to be created, which splits Captain America and Iron Man and, and all the two sides. He's smart. He knows that's the best way to do it. He's not a muscular guy. He's just, you know, Daniel Bruhl. He's just a little dude. He's not, you know, a super villain, but he did what no one else could do up to that point. He broke the Avengers, you know? Uh, And I just love the idea that, like, he's this guy whose family was killed. And like you said, he he gets Iron Man to kind of become a villain at the end where when he shows Tony Stark that Winter Soldier was the one that killed Tony Stark's parents and he starts fighting. And I love at the end of that movie that Zemo goes outside, sits down with the happiness knowing that he, to him, avenged his, his family. He's going to kill himself. You know, like he doesn't have any greater... He's fulfilled his mission and he doesn't yeah. need to do anything else. Yeah, he has no greater ambitions to, oh, I can do this. I can take over the world. No, he doesn't have... And that's why I like, like I said earlier, I like villains that are not, I'm going to take over the world. No, it's actually a small villain who just wants to destroy these heroes that were responsible for his family's death. And of course, Black Panther stops him and just arrests him. But I just, I really like that storyline a lot. How much is I will say that Civil War is one of the ones that I haven't got to yet. What? Yep. Oh. Oh. Okay, well, forget everything I just said. Yep, I already have. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just trailed That's off. To know. <laughs> but, no, I mean, sounds sounds interesting. I mean, it's... He is, he, because like I said, he's not your big, <laughs> flashy villain. Yeah, because I, I always think about, like, he was his family was just, what, in a car or something that got crushed by someone falling? I don't or... remember if they ever show in the movie his family dying but you know there's a you know you know there's a lot of destruction in that city at the oh, end yeah. of Ultron and I can just assume maybe they were in a car or were running for their lives or their their house came down right cuz I always think about I always that. think about different things in movies like um yeah when the 
the two hulks are <laughs> the, the, fighting the once the vehicle's of, getting crushed the bridge is collapsing yeah, the entirety of the climax of man of steel <laughs> yeah when they kill millions in Metropolis. Yeah, it's they're destroying the city. And, I mean, who's going to pay to clean it up? Who's going to pay for it? Who's going to... Yeah. Who who just lost a loved one? Exactly. And that's why I like this villain. Because you, I can relate to him. I wouldn't do what he did. But I completely go with the idea of, like, if my family was killed like that, and you see these people who are being lauded as heroes because they stopped a robot, but my family was a casualty of this, I would be furious and could see myself wanting to get revenge. And he right. does. Yeah, which exactly. I love. It's, it's a good villain for that movie. They don't go the full route. In the comics, like, he is, like, a big flashy villain. He's got, like, a big purple outfit. But I like they just went normal with him he's just this guy who knows what he's doing and what he needs to do to execute it and it's awesome and didn't get a cool supervillain name no just helmet zemo or right. zemo or <laughs> zemas <laughs> that's my number seven all right so my number seven um going you know still going back a little bit still sticking in the earlier movies from iron man dose oh my number seven is Whiplash. Oh. Played by Mickey Rourke. Uh, <laughs> so oh, yeah. my I, I like I like Whiplash because <laughs> he, he does have motivation, like Nick um was mentioning, liking the villains with the big motivation. But he's also <laughs> a very flashy Marvel villain. Um he has the the whips that'll, you know, cut through everything that and like I mean, okay, his motivation is yeah, a little bit there for revenge, but it's also there to prove that Iron Man is just a normal person, and yeah. Whiplash is just a normal person. I can't remember his his name. Uh, Whiplash is a normal person, and it's like he Iron Man can die, uh, and I can build stuff like this too, which you know leads to you know him attacking Stark on the racetrack and cutting through the car i love that scene where you see how powerful the whips are right away because he's just cutting through everything oh it slices through it like butter um and then of course when he gets caught and he's broken out of prison by hammer Mm -hmm. and i mean he's then he's funded and then he gets you know more powerful yeah Uh, so he, he does have that and he's not really trying to take over the world. He's just trying to prove Iron Man's not the invincible Iron Man. Which have they said that at all in the MCU? Because it I don't think so. It, no, it, it's always been the invincible Iron Man. Yeah. No, he just wants to kill him. Yeah, and just him, really. Pretty much. Um. Well, I mean, really, there's no Avengers at that point yet. Really. Yeah. No, not yet. Um. So they're it's just I, they're all separate, you know, instances until you know the first Avengers, mm-hmm. but. No, I mean, yeah, I, I like I like Whiplash as a as a you know as a flashy villain. Yeah, see, I if, if I was picking a villain from Iron Man two, I would have went with Justin Hammer, okay. uh, Sam Rockwell's character, because again, I feel like he's kind of the puppet master. Whiplash is definitely a villain of the movie. Wh- Whiplash more is so the brains. Than, yeah, more so than like when we were talking about Winter Soldier with Alexander Pierce. Um, but I just feel like Whiplash doesn't really get to do much. He pops up for the first fight when he, like you said, when he's attacking the the race, which is an awesome scene. Like he's, I love that scene where he's slicing through the car, you know, with those whips. Like that's awesome. But then he gets arrested and gets taken in by Justin Hammer, and is spends kind of the rest of the movie toiling away in a shop, just at a building, 
exactly at a workbench until he pops up at the very end in a big old Iron Man suit with whips, which I hate. I hated that ending. It's like, really? We did this in the first movie, you know, like the the rival Iron Man suit. Like, I always liked Justin Hammer more because he's the one funding this guy and trying to take over, trying to beat Tony Stark so he can have the military contract, which Justin Hammer was on my list for a bit, but I took him off. We can talk about honorable mentions later. He'll be one of my honorable mentions because I Mm -hmm. love that part. But Whiplash just, I'll admit, I don't really like Iron Man 2 all that much. I feel like it's more an ad for Avengers than it is an Iron Man film. Okay, that's um, one way to look at it. It really is. I mean, it, it's you've got Nick Fury popping up halfway through talking about you know the Avengers, and you got Scarlett Johansson. They're setting her up like it. There's just a lot of setup in it as opposed to the story. And like I said, Mickey Rourke just kind of what happened to Mickey Rourke, by the way. Like good casting on their part. The guy just won an Oscar, but he came but and went, it. didn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he his, really his comeback, and, and then that you could say it. Iron Man two killed his career, Cody. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um but no i just he's good in the part like i love the scene i mean he just wants his bird cody <laughs> it, it wants his bird you know so bring him a no, bird I, exactly he just wants a bird so it's cool he's on your list he just wouldn't have made mine but i like your reasoning all right he is cool he's flashy yeah. they remember the poster was really cool the yeah. first one they released with him on it, it was awesome because i like whiplash the villain yeah he was one of the ones that i had heard of so it was yeah exciting <laughs> um <laughs> So, anything to add on Whiplash? No, not much. So, on to my number six. Speaking of the first Iron Man and just the rival suits, my number six is Mr. Obadiah Ironmonger Stang. My two. Hey. All right. Awesome. So, Air Five. Yeah, we're only 100 miles away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, spoiler alert we don't record in the same room <laughs> that's right all right i will let you talk first so i i i think um iron monger was a great introduction uh, mm-hmm. iron man was a great introduction into this universe and iron monger um obadiah stain was a fantastic villain because he's just this normal guy until he realizes what he can have and then he goes on this mm-hmm. you know power trip because uh he he wants to he wants to you know continue making the weapons and this power suit would be like the ultimate weapon to make money on and yeah he, he just he wants money absolutely and i mean if you think about it i think obadiah stain is what tony stark would have turned into had he not been exposed to seeing what his weapons are used for because when stark, for sure, when yeah. tony stark gets captured and he sees that these you know villages are being destroyed and these families are being torn apart uh, figuratively and literally, um, mm-hmm. they are. He's he has his change of heart, and you know, builds the the Iron Man suit to get you know to rescue him to rescue himself to save himself, and yeah. then, uh, you know, Obadiah sees it and you know wants it to be weaponized, and it's it's really just a power trip at that point, and mm-hmm. um, of course can't undercut jeff uh, bridges as oh, iron monger which i knew him from you know tron mostly mm-hmm. and um later from big lebowski but i really didn't recognize him as some as who he was when i saw no, that me movie. neither um, i i did the... not know him when i went and saw this okay so um i think it wasn't until yeah yeah or for lack sure. thereof 
it wasn't until after I saw this that I went, oh, God, that guy who played Obadiah Stane was really good. He was interesting. I wonder what else he's been in. And then I went down the rabbit hole. Like you said, I went and watched Tron. I ended up watching Big Lebowski, which is now one of my like all-time favorite movies. I love that movie. I, Jeff Bridges himself is now one of my favorite actors mm-hmm. of all time. I won't. I don't miss something if he's in it. Um, he's just he had the honor of being the first. Yeah. You know, he's the first Marvel villain, and I love like you said, he's the anti-Stark. He was. He wants to be a war profiteer. He sees the greed of you know why are we trying to not make these weapons? Let's make these weapons. And one of my favorite moments of the movie. Is when, you know, Tony Stark builds the arc reactor in his chest to keep him alive, and which is based on the big arc reactor he built back home. Mm-hmm. And Obadiah Stane has his scientist trying to build a small version, too, so he can have one to make his own suit. And he goes to the scientist, and he tells him, you know, why isn't it done yet? And the scientist tells him, well, you know, that we, we can't do it. The technology's not there yet. You know, like it's just such a funny moment um, because he's just so frustrated it's because impossible. Tony is so intelligent. Tony with that Stark stuff, was able to build this. I just I like Obadiah Stane a lot. Jeff Bridges plays him as you scrapped. like him a lot until the turn, until and then you realize, realize who what he is. Oh crap! <laughs> he is the mastermind behind Tony getting you know taken mm-hmm. while he was overseas. You know, like he's mastermind behind everything, and he's just a very evil guy who would even kill who would who would kill this this guy who he has basically raised since he was like 15 mm-hmm. when Tony's parents died, you know? So it was just kind of a good, a good introduction, a good, a good first villain because he is over the top. He does get that suit at the end. And I will say once he does get the suit at the end, that's when I lose interest a little bit. Um, I would have rather it wasn't Tony fighting a big version of Tony. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's, a big suit. That's what Ironmonger was. No, I don't. No, no. If they're going to do it, do it the way he is. Just taste-wise, for me, I mean, the fight is the least interesting part for me of Obadiah Stane. Okay. You know what I mean? Once the fight starts, okay, it's only maybe five or ten minutes. That's fine. But I just like everything before that more with him just being kind of just this guy that's running the company with Tony, and he's he's being evil and causing shenanigans. Um, yeah, it was, I remember when I looked Jeff Bridges up after I went and saw it in the picture, he had hair. <laughs> and my first thought was, oh, that's Kurt Russell. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's not Kurt Russell. That's Jeff. Who the hell is Jeff Bridges? You know, and Kurt Russell. I'm sure we'll get to a little later. Um, but he just, I don't know. I just, I really like, I really liked Obadiah Stane, and I, I'm happy that he's on your list at the same spot because I think he gets forgotten too because he's 10 years ago the very first film. Right. You know. So exactly. no, I, I'm happy he's at your six, and he's my six. Right. Obadiah Stane. So. In the middle of the episodes is where we take a look at our box office draft. We purchase movies every week and basically bet money on or bet our money on how much we think these movies will make. Um, our virtual money. So last week we had three big releases come out. We had uh, Shazam, The Best of Enemies, and Pet Cemetery. Um, unfortunately. A disappointing weekend for these movies. We're we're at about half for each of them than what we it's paid. It's not necessarily disappointing for Shazam though, because the reported budget versus for Shazam was anywhere from eighty to a hundred. It'll make that easily. Okay, so it's yeah. a good weekend for DC, which a lot of people have jumped off of DC, DC's ship. You know, obviously when you put it against Marvel, which everyone always seems to do, it doesn't do as well as those. But no, it's it's doing well for a, a DC movie that like that. Right. So yeah, we're we're looking at. Um, it's coming up there, and I'm glad because it's my movie that I paid, mm-hmm. I bought. Um, 
So the other two we have are The Best of Enemies and Pet Cemetery, which Nick bought both of them. So looking at all three, Shazam is sitting at $56 million, where I paid 109 The Best of Enemies is sitting at $4 million, where Nick paid 10 And Pet Cemetery is looking at $24 million, where Nick paid $60 million for. So, yeah, we're, we paid more than they're making so far. Um, mm-hmm. But, no, I think they'll definitely get up there. Which Shazam's opening is kind of how I figured it would be. That's why last week I only bet seventy five because I figured it was going to go probably about fifty five to sixty five in its first weekend. And you're there. That's that's where yeah. we're at. You know what I mean. Whereas so. Pet Cemetery definitely underperformed, but reviews kind of plummeted for it over last week before it came out. So I think it turned a lot of people off. So that would probably be why it didn't do that well. I don't know if it'll make its money back. It'll probably just come close to breaking even. Best of enemies, that'll make it back. It's only at four million. At yeah, it'll come close. That's not bad. Yeah, um, at least to make your money back. Um, exactly. And not to not to put into you know any dim light that Nick's still really kicking my butt at this. He's got you know four million <laughs> four hundred million over me right now. Really? Because um, he's still sitting at you know three hundred million for ca- or three hundred seventy five million for Captain Marvel. Um, he's got how to train your dragon still creeping up there a little bit which i watched and it it completely destroyed me at the end oh geez <laughs> yeah i was gonna bring it up last week but i forgot about it no so i i did see how to train your dragon and it, it's a good ending to that series okay but definitely i remember when it came out people were talking like oh it's so sad have your tissues it's so sad and i remember watching it thinking okay so what's gonna be the <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything, but I remember thinking, like, what's going to be the, the thing that makes you cry? Like, I was th- well, t- t- just going over the storylines. Okay, could it be this? And then when the moment comes, what happens? Like, I'm sitting there. I'm drinking my, my water. I'm like, oh, don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> like, oh, it broke me. It was. It's a It's a good, good ending to that series. It's a, it's a good movie, too. That's so. good to hear. Little tangent, but I'm I'm happy that the Dragon series ended on a a, a high note because it's it's very good. So I recommend How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Right. Um. So Nick's still looking at you know four movies over a hundred million. I haven't had any movies break a hundred million. <laughs> really? Dumbo's getting up there. It's at seventy six. Um, okay. Elite is up there eighty five. I only paid fourteen, so I made a big profit on that one. Mm-hmm. Um. But then, yeah, everything else, you know, 30, 40, 50 million. So we'll we'll see if if we got anything good coming. Um, so the three movies releasing this week that we have to bid on, um, we have Hellboy, Little, and Missing Link. A lot of these movies I didn't hear too much about until very recently. Hellboy I didn't hear about until yesterday, honestly. Mm-hmm. Early reviews for it are destroying it, which right. is upsetting because it looked fun. Now, is this a remake? It's a reboot. Reboot. New actor, new director, new re- everything. It's just they're completely just restarting it. Okay. All right. So, I mean, that, that'll be interesting, I guess. But And I really like the old one. Uh, or the, not the old one, but the, the first. Yeah, yeah right, the first two. The first two movies, Del Toro's movies with Ron Perlman are awesome. Both of them are really good. So, no, it'll be, you know. Of course, the reviews don't look great. We'll be interested to see the viewer reviews. Yeah. Because right now it's still all critic reviews. So Yeah. Um, And then Little, I hadn't heard anything about. Reverse uh, Big. Reverse Big. And Missing Link, another, you know, a big animated movie coming out. It's a new Leica movie. New stop motion. 
So, yeah, it'll be an interesting weekend. Just probably a slow weekend. Nothing yeah. huge. Yeah, all the movies are kind of just kind of being dropped until, you know, the 26th. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the big one comes out. Right. Hoping to get as much money as they can before they're all overshadowed by the end game. Mm-hmm. So. so, um, I got a few low bids today. So yeah, me too. Yeah, um, me too. Start, start with Missing Link or Little. Save Hellboy for last. All right. So starting with Missing Link, I bid five million. How much? You cut out a little. I bid five million. I bid sixteen. So. Yeah, I wasn't going anywhere over twenty. Yeah. I, I was hoping I think, you'd spend a little more. I I want you to win all these just to chip away. At, your, <laughs> at my five hundred and forty-five million. Five hundred and forty-five million dollars. Why don't you tell our listeners what you're at? I'm at one hundred and forty-five million. So Nick has <laughs> a solid, really even four hundred million. <laughs> no, I wasn't betting. Well, I wasn't betting anywhere near twenty for that. I thought, you know, sixteen is a good number. I think it'll. I don't know if it'll reach that this weekend, but it will by the end. I think I'll make my money back because Leica is a popular company, you know. So. Right. It's no Ardman, but. <laughs> yeah but you know like has done some good stuff like it was what Coraline, mm-hmm. uh paranorman which is criminally underrated yeah corpse bride was like a corpse bride yep oh i didn't know that okay um, and then kubo and the two strings which i heard was really good too yeah i didn't get a chance to see that one um, either very beautiful movie is what i've you know heard okay. about it um all right, anyway. so now let's move on to Reverse Big. No, reverse Big. Um, so for Little, go ahead with your bid on this one. I bid 15. I again bid 5. <laughs> I'm fine with that, too. I think this one will do well. I'm for sure probably going to hit over 15 this weekend for it, so I figure that was a good bid. Yeah. All right, so the main release of this weekend, probably the big one, um, we have the reboot for Hellboy. Okay, Cody, what do you bid? I bid a whopping ten million on this one. <laughs> I bid eighteen. So Nick wins all three movies this week to chip away a little bit at his five hundred and forty five million. <laughs> so that'll bring you um almost close to an even five hundred million. I'm, That's what I kinda of figured. Yeah. And I think Hellboy figured eighteen was a good thing for it. Reviews are gonna kind of hurt it a bit, I think, but I, I think there are gonna be enough fans that are gonna go see it that it'll at least make its money back this weekend. Yeah. It's gonna compete with Shazam, I think, because that's only gonna get better, Shazam, because of reviews and word of mouth for that. But I think people are gonna be interested in seeing an R rated Hellboy film. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's gonna be an interesting release uh week for movies. So yeah, we'll see how much more Nick pummels me in the box office draft before <laughs> before he spends it all on endgame yeah pretty much that's pretty much what it's gonna be we're gonna get down to it and you're only gonna have about 200 and i'm gonna bet just over what you've got on just one movie and it's the only big release that weekend too looking at looking ahead another another studio would be stupid to release something against it there, there's a wide expansion um Limited Woods comes out the 19th, Limited, and then expands never wide on 26th. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Um, we got Breakthrough and Penguins next week. We got Curse of La Lorena. La Lorona. So nothing, so nothing no, crazy. Nothing that's gonna, huge is nothing coming to before. Compete with it. Um, oh, yeah. Then, Pet Cemetery will lose some of its money from that La Lorona movie. 
And then, I mean, a couple weeks later, we have Detective Pikachu is a big one that's coming out. Uh, John Wick 3 the week after that. Different demographic, different, though, I think. Yeah, different demographics. And then we get into Aladdin. and Yeah, no, it'll it'll dominate, even with those, because you're going to get people going, to back, going back to see it over and over. Oh, man, there's a shaft coming out. There is a shaft. <laughs> Unfortunately, apparently, it's like all of them in one movie, all the past shafts. It's too many shafts. Let's just let's put it out. There's just too many. There's one too many shafts. So, all right. Yeah. Oh, I so didn't. That, I didn't realize Child's Play and Toy Story came out on the same day. On the same day, isn't that genius? <laughs> when when the studio that's doing Child's Play announced that, it was one of the greatest things I've ever heard because that is just a stroke of genius. Because both movies deal with Andy, and one's childhood was fantastic, the other was not. Right. So no, I I I think that was a really a smart move to put Child's Play out with Toy Story Four. Yeah, I I didn't expect that. I'm just scrolling through the release schedule and it's like boom. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's a lot of big summer movies. Yeah. So. But Endgame Endgame is going to be massively front loaded with that first weekend and second weekend. So oh, yeah. it, it'll it'll do well no matter what. You know, it's not going to be chipped away too much by those other movies. Yeah, and I think over the next couple of weeks, your Captain Marvel's going to just keep climbing and climbing right before the uh, Endgame starts playing. Mm-hmm. People are going to people that waited to see it are now going to go see it because you got to see it before uh, Infinity Wars or Endgame. So this guy. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely be What's in the that? theaters before. I'll be, I'll definitely be in the theaters one of these upcoming weekends to see Captain Marvel before. Yeah. Yep. You need to. Because I'm going opening day now. Yeah. And I know whoever gets that just with the pre-sales alone is probably going to make a profit. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, all right. That does it for our draft this week. Yeah. So now we're going to jump into our top five MCU villains. And so far, I only know one that's in Cody's top five. Yep. It's all, all over right. the place. <laughs> yeah, so I technically think it'd be me first because yep. you went first on Obadiah, but we both had it. So yep. we'll start with my number five MCU villain of all time. My number five is Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And as I mentioned That's before, Ego got knocked off, off. So upsetting to me <laughs> that you bumped off Ego. My five. And you've got Trevor Slattery. <laughs> <laughs> On your list over ego. That's fine, though. Uh, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I think I like more than the first Guardians of the Galaxy. It definitely has a much better villain than the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't even remember the villain from the first Guardians of the Galaxy, to be perfectly exactly. honest with you. Ronan the Accuser does jack squat in that movie. He, I like Lee Pace that plays him. Honestly, I like him more in Captain Marvel, because he pops up in that for a few minutes, than I did in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> uh, but no, Ego in... Volume 2, I love. It could be because I'm a little biased because I love Kurt Russell and have for a long time. He's Jack Burton, all right? He's Jack Burton, Cody. There was some trouble in Little China. There was some big trouble in Little China, and he took care of it. And he fought the thing and, and lived to tell the tale, too, so that was nice. Um, but no, but I love Kurt Russell with Ego. I love the storyline with him. I mean, I, I kind of figured the movie started, okay, he's the bad guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just kind of figure, okay, he's probably going to be bad, but how bad is he? Oh, he's a monster. He mm-hmm. has killed a lot, a lot of people. I mean, that scene where they go down below and there's just thousands of skull of skulls and skeletons. You know, like he has killed a lot of people to try to see who could be his equal. A lot of yeah, kids. They just all disappointed him. They, they, exactly. they, none, they, they nobody were, could live up to be his heir. 
Exactly. They couldn't con- they couldn't contain his his power. And the fact that he is the reason, like that reveal when he says to Chris Pratt or you know Star Lord, whatever, when he says to him, you know, I felt so bad when I put that cancer in your mother's brain. Like I remember my jaw dropping in the mm-hmm. theater. Like, ooh, you bastard! Like he is just because Kurt Russell, you love him so much leading up to that point, up to that point where he he's a turned. great father figure that he is he, that he's, Quill finally you know, has. Yeah, he's playing catch with him. It's everything. Quill has wanted all his life. He's playing catch with him. He's friendly. He's taking him to this planet, which is him. You know, he's the living planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that turn happens. And it's just so heartbreaking because it's like, oh, he finally had someone who was just perfect as his father. And he ends up being exactly what his name is. This egomaniacal monster. Mm-hmm. That's why I love that character because he is what his name is. His ego is huge. No one can be more powerful than I am. I am the all, you know, and he's just so terrible. And, I just love everything about it. The, even his fight scene at the end where he, he dies with Quill. You know, it's just, it's so good. And Kurt Russell's awesome. He destroys his cassette tape player. <laughs> that's monstrous. That That's why he's the, the bad villain, because he destroys the cassette player. How's he going to play the awesome mixes now? With the Zune. I hear it's big. <laughs> that's right. With the Zune. <laughs> that's right. But no, I just was really happy. I remember when they announced Kurt Russell was going to be in the movie. Uh, I was really excited about that. What's funny is um, the same deal that Marvel made with uh, Fox in order to get the scrolls for Captain Marvel was the same time they made the deal to be able to use Ego because he was technically owned by Fox because I think he is like maybe a Fantastic Four type character or something. I'm not positive, but they didn't even have the rights to him when they started writing this and had to haggle with Fox to get the rights for it. And he was the big exchange, you know. I didn't um, know that. I I've been trying to follow who owns what now. Now Disney pretty much owns all of them because since they bought Fox, pretty much. There's a couple yeah, that they, Sony still has, right? That Sony still technically has the rights to Spider-Man. Okay, but they lease it out to the MCU in order to okay. use it because Sony wasn't doing well with it, and they knew that. Uh, technically paramount the reason we don't have a new hulk is because paramount still kind of holds the rights to the hulk right i've seen paramount i've seen that there i did i did see a big like venn diagram of the mc or the marvel own who owns what and like hulk and she hulk were in a little bubble all by themselves um with paramount which is why like i said we haven't really gotten a new hulk Right. But, so yeah. So I'm just I, I love the character of Ego. Kurt Russell is is awesome. He's so charismatic. And like I said, he, you needed that for that role where you needed to like this guy and be happy he's found Peter, mm-hmm. and then just completely hate him and feel devastated that he is what he is. Right. You know. Yeah, and it, it was it was a huge build up to, yeah, to find out that he was the villain. It, it was a good twist. Yeah. And I just like Guardians Volume Two anyway for multitude reasons, but he's like one of the biggest. Right. So I definitely knew he was in my top five. It was just a matter of where, mm-hmm. and the way it factored out, he pretty much had to be number five. <laughs> right. So, okay. number five, Ego, the Living Planet, Kurt Russell, Jack Burton, Big Trouble Little Giant. All right. So what's your five, Cody? So my number five is from Ant Man, and I'm just gonna find his real name because i didn't write that part down you talking about yellow jacket i am talking about yellow jacket uh, darren cross darren cross yes um so my number five is yellow jacket from ant-man okay not on your list no nowhere near it <laughs> <laughs> so 
you know, I, I, I was looking at, you know, other stuff about him and, you know, it did come to the point, or I did, we, I did see the thought where Yellow Jacket, uh, was, you know, Ironmonger. It, the He's same, Obadiah Stane. It, oh, absolutely. It's, it's the same character, but... What but you we, put him over Obadiah, Obadiah But I put him very slightly over um, because he did something much more evil. He killed Antony. <laughs> he killed Antony. And a goat. <laughs> and, and a sheep. A few sheep. Um, but, he killed Antony. That's right. I, no, I, I recently watched Ant-Man, and I think the... the Naming the Aunt Antony was one of the funniest jokes in a movie in a long time. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's the stupid pun and yep. just how I'm going to name you Antony. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, Michael Douglas' character doesn't name them. No, they don't dance. have names. They'd have no- their numbers. But um, no, earlier in the film, we do see that uh, the mention of the uh, the chemical, the molecule, whatever it was. Um, yeah. affecting brain chemistry if the, you're not protected. The, the PIM particle. The PIM particle, yes. So, he ha- he's, he's the ironmonger with a more legitimate craziness. A, a, a craziness from being infected by handling and working with this particle. So working with this serum, working with the um, the shrink technology so much unprotected. So Yeah, whereas he, Obadiah Stane just wants He's money. just power hungry. He's power hungry. He wants money. Right. This guy just is legitimately nuts and wants control. So that that's kind of why I put him above uh, Obadiah. Okay. Um, old boy Obadiah. So. Obadiah. Um, and yeah, the the fight with him at the end, I thought they did really well. Um, it's the best part of the movie. I, I love the fight on the train set. <laughs> when he gets hit by the train and yeah. it, the camera cuts back and the train and just, just, just falls fall over. Off. Yeah. No, that was a <laughs> genius. That was a fantastic. Um, a play on the you know it's, they're they're really just fighting on a toy yeah a toy oh, the train. fact that that whole climax takes place in a child's play set in a playroom mm-hmm. is incredible that is a, is a very smart idea for that movie and when they hit the train with the the grow disc <laughs> yeah it goes out the window <laughs> um and then no i and i like i love the suit of uh, the yellow jacket suit with the the lasers i mean and it looks like a a hornet, a yellow jacket. It looks. Oh, he does. It yeah. looks very well um, for for who he is, and I think um, he he was a fun villain. You you see, you know, he's evil the whole time. You don't. He turns that guy to goo. You don't get a twist, and yeah, he just kills the guy in the bathroom. Oh, still doesn't work. Um, yeah. Basically, you know, just testing it again, and when he finally, you know, gets it, he, you see that crazy look in his eyes, and then he. You know, flicks the sheep, and that kind of upset me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. but, but nothing compared to killing Antony. But nothing when when that wing dropped, I swear I was almost crying. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, maybe not almost crying, but it's it was definitely a hard hitting moment in that you know he's been with them the whole movie. More and so, the first than one that he controlled putting cancer in Peter Quill's mom. <laughs> Ego's not on my list, and you're gonna have to get over it. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I like I like Yellow Jacket. I like Ant Man a lot. It's a fun movie. Um, mm-hmm. I just didn't think he had much of a character arc or much of a. Like I said, I, no, I, it's a very I, linear. I, he I is a very a lot, linear character. 
Yeah, I put a lot in my top five characters or villains that are, have a lot more motivation than just like control and taking over. Um, and I don't think he has much of a personality, but I like the character himself. I like Corey Stoll that plays him. He's a good mm-hmm. actor. Um, and like I said, I love the design, too, of, of the yellow jacket suit. He looks cool. Um, he's just forgettable to me. Okay. Uh, that's it. <laughs> All right. But he's good, though. I mean, he's fun. It works for that movie. For what they're going for. And that fight at the end is awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is my number five, Yellow Jacket. Well, okay. And What do you got it for? My number four is one of the more overarching, you know, villains than not villain um, characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My number four is Loki. Me too! Yay! So Loki and the Norse gods have always been... In, very interesting to me. Um, I've watched other shows that I, I talk about. Always, yeah, I was always more Greek gods. Right. Um, I've watched other shows that you know characterize and humanize the Greek god or the Norse gods, and um, yeah, for Marvel to basically you know steal the entire Greek or Norse. <laughs> yeah, the Norse you mythology. You, you said <laughs> Greek, and it's stuck in my head. For Marvel to take the entire Norse mythology and make comics out of it i mean it's great because they have it's fantastic material to work with and they do put their own spin on it a lot um but it's still you know the classic loki is the trickster loki is the the jester of the of the gods well not the 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 prankster of the gods and tom hiddleston's portrayal of him is great um he has that look um that it fits and of course all the costumes the 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 green the flary helmets and the big helmet yeah um, it's you know an egotistical look at them too because i mean you know loki's full of himself yeah um so yeah and he's one of the overarching characters that's been in a lot of i mean he was the main bad guy in first uh thor um he kind of I would argue in the first Thor, it's him and Laffy, the ice or the frost giant. Yeah. But so to he, me, he's more he's the main villain of Avengers. Yeah. You know. And then, um, you know, by the by Infinity War, they're you know friendly for you know a little bit. There, he's there. Yeah. Even well, even the he, second Thor I, and even Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah. You know. But so he's he's come around as I mean he is Thor's brother. There's there's still that uh, well stepbrother stepbrother there's still that familial bond of yeah but you know sibling um, rivalry extreme sibling rivalry in the beginning yeah it might uh piss people off that we don't have him lower because to a lot of people Loki is the best Marvel villain which there is an argument to be made for that um I don't like that argument but there is an <laughs> argument to be made um but to me I put him at four because he he's awesome in Avengers as the main villain of that. Uh, Thanos is pulling the strings, but he is awesome as the main villain. He's good in that. Tom Hiddleston really got to just go crazy and chew the scenery in that. He's very good in Thor as well. Um, even though, like I said, I kind of feel like he's the villain, but also it's that Laffy guy for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of it, you don't even know it's Loki till towards the end. Um, and then, other than that, he's not a villain anymore. So right. that's why I kind of notched him up to four because I felt like he's very good as a villain in, in Avengers, but then you know. Dark World, he's helping him. Ragnarok, he's helping him. And Infinity War, he 
has no choice but to give the the, te- the f- damn tesseract the tesseract to Thanos, but he dies for it. You know what I mean? And they finally did kill off Loki, even though they've announced they're doing a series with him on Disney Plus. So we'll see how that works. <laughs> um, but no, he is very good. I didn't had no clue who Tom Hiddleston was when the first Thor came out, but it was a star making turn for him. And now he's a household name. Yeah, you I, know? I feel like and, I had heard of him, but not didn't know who he was. Yeah, I, I, was. Had, I had no clue who he was. Because I remember when those first character posters came out for the movie. They had a poster for each actor. I remember I was like, oh, Anthony Hopkins is playing Odin. Oh, that's cool. You know, oh, okay, I know like Natalie Portman. I know her. And I was like, who the hell is this guy playing Loki? <laughs> Creepy grin. You know, but he just was very good. He, he's he's charismatic. He's it's funny. You like him. You know, so... He's just, I, yeah, like I said, he's my number four, same as you. Um, in Avengers, he definitely is a lot more threatening. Uh, Joss Whedon changed him a little bit, gave him the longer hair that he's now had for the rest of the series. And he just looks more threatening, and he is more threatening. That first scene of him in Avengers when he comes to the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and to get the Tesseract, like, he's creepy in that, you know? So he definitely holds his own as the main villain for, for Avengers. So, no, I, I, I like him at four. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, my... My top three, I, yeah, I like more than. Yeah. yeah, me too. For more, more for motivation, like like Loki for his motivation. You know, in the first Thor, it's it's he feels discarded and not as loved as his brother, which you know you understand. I get it. Avengers, there really isn't more motivation other than I want to take over the world, which, as I've said, isn't my favorite motivation for villains, just because we've seen that in a lot of a lot of movies, but. Mm-hmm. I, it's fine. Like it's still fun. It's written well. He's good. That's enough to overshadow it. Other than that, he's not the villain anymore. So I felt like four was a good spot because of that. Whereas my next three have better motivations and stuff that I liked more. And I was wrong. I hadn't heard of Tom Hiddleston before. I just don't okay. know what he was in before that, and he wasn't. He was the, Thor was his third movie. Yeah, he was really a, a good, you know, casting decision by Kenneth Branagh mm-hmm. to get this guy who really hadn't done much but could do the part correctly and did it well and ended up becoming one of the cornerstones of the mcu yeah. you know to the point where you know this guy who was the like it's just how incredible writing wise how the guy who was the main villain of the first avengers made people sad when he died in infinity war <laughs> you know what i mean but think about that yeah. like, the guy who's our main threat in thor and the main threat in the first avengers movie is a guy who i remember uh, my mom went and saw infinity war she was upset because she loves loki and it's like that's crazy it's you know that like scene in the movie <laughs> Yeah, the first scene of the movie. I, I remember before the movie came out, we were taking bets. Okay, who's going to die? And I remember the first person I said, Loki's dead meat. And I remember everyone was talking, that would be horrible. I don't think that's going to happen. And yeah, it's it's five minutes. <laughs> he gets choked out by Thanos, you know. But it was a good moment to kind of let you know how big and badass Thanos was going to be. And it was just kind of a nice send-off for, for Loki, you know. Mm-hmm. So, no, I think, I think, like I said, four is a good spot for him. Yeah, and obviously we agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, so it would have been me to give my four, but it was Loki, so now we'll move down to my number three. Okay. So my number three is Adrian Toomes, a.k.a. the Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming. Hey, mine too. Awesome, good deal. (laughs) So I'm going to put it out there right now. I love Michael Keaton. (laughs) It might be along the same problem with my Kurt Russell love, but I love Michael Keaton. I have for a very long time. Even when I was younger, like we talked a couple weeks ago, I'm a big Batman fan. So I love Michael Keaton. When he was cast as yes, when he was cast as the Vulture, one, it's awesome because he's played three <laughs> uh, bird characters over his career, or three flying characters flying, over yeah. his career. Um, but I remember thinking that is such good casting to cast someone like him to play that part. And the reason I loved him, 
and this is going to be a through line for the next three on my list or him and the next two is he has a, a, a motivation that I completely understand and, and will, and could go with and could see agree with, which mm-hmm. I think your best villains in any movie is a villain that you can understand where they're coming from. So the fact that he is this construction worker guy, cleanup crew guy who gets screwed over out of a contract that he's already gotten to do the cleanup for it's after the Avengers, the first movie, it's after the Chitari attack in New York, gets screwed over because, nope, Stark Industries is now going to take over the cleanup. And then you jump forward and it's this guy who has had to turn to crime to help provide for his family and for the people that he is employing. I mean, this so, stuff happens all, it, it, this all actually happens in real life. All the time. And so for them to take something like that and then, okay, he's going about a bad way. They're they're stealing Chitari tech and they're making weapons. So, yeah, that's bad. Yes, he, he kills the first shocker in the movie. Um, and he's, he's, he's the bad guy. But I get where he's coming from. Like, that would totally suck. And the fact that he's got a family he needs to provide for and now they're out in the cold. He's already paid the guys to come and clean up. He's got trucks and stuff. How can he provide for not only his family, but this this team that he's supposed to be employing? Well, sadly, he has to turn to a life of crime, which obviously we don't condone. I don't condone that. Like, that's bad. That's not the way to go about what he does. But I completely understand where he's mm-hmm. coming from. And that's why I think he's a good villain. And Michael Keaton is, is really good in the part. Yeah, and uh, this is one of the ones that I just watched recently um, in, my, in my catch-up. So, um, no, I okay, love... Well, first, first, let me just ask. Did you have a giant smile on your face when the Marvel logo started and it was the original Spider-Man theme? Mm-hmm. That, uh, yeah, that was... Remember uh, when, uh, in the theater, I lived ah! <laughs> out loud when it was the orchestral... Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I love it. Yeah, the, the entire... So, going back to our conversation last week about theme songs, you don't yeah. know Marvel theme songs, but Spider-Man, because they use the <laughs> exactly. already recognized... And like I said, the TV series do have yeah. recognizable themes. But, and I love they let them use it, even just for the logos, you know. It's it's an overarching theme in the in throughout the movie. I noticed that the, the, I didn't the, ever catch it during the movie. I, I know I I know the actual theme they used throughout the movie because I, I actually like the Spider Man Homecoming score, but I don't remember ever hearing it throughout the movie. Well, it was yeah the just the use of the da 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 just that okay. just those three notes. Um, yeah, you it does have a recognizable or it is recognized throughout the movie, and I I love okay. that. It's I'll it's a back and it's a real that. homage to the to the theme and okay. Um, but anyway, uh, back to the vulture. Um, no, I, I, I completely understand his um, motivation on that one. It's mm-hmm. he, I felt bad for him at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I knew he is, was the bad guy, like. so I knew it was gonna. I knew he was gonna be, you know, the one I'm rooting against. But oh, go ahead. But I, no, but I, you know, felt bad at the beginning when he's like, "We, I already paid these guys. I already got what, what." And then the the heartless and the fact that it's Tony Stark, right? Um. So, yeah, it's, and I mean, he's not out to get Stark specifically. He, I mean, he is about to get the Avengers, but. Well, he's really, he's really not. And that's what I was going to say is another reason I like the villain is because his goal isn't world domination. Right, he's out for himself. He's out for himself. He's just a guy who's out to sell weapons and make money and provide for himself and his family. So I like that because it wasn't this world ending stakes. It wasn't, you know, oh, well, I'm going to go on who kill he sold Tony's. the weapons to. Correct. It's not, I'm going to go kill Tony Stark. He's actually stealing from him. Right. 
you know, like his big climax movie is he's stealing all this tech from Tony Stark. He's not out to actually kill him. That's never going to hurt Tony Stark. You know what I mean? Right. So I just like that, that it wasn't just some big, you know, oh, I'm the vulture and I want to take over New York City. No, he can give a damn about that. He just wants to continue selling the weapons and making money. And that's you know. why he was a Spider-Man villain and not an Avengers villain. He, it was too, exactly. it was below their pay grade, as exactly. Stark put it. <laughs> yeah. So, no, and um, Homecoming was a great introduction to the to Tom Holland's MCU Spider-Man. Full introduction, Full yeah. introduction. Yeah, other than, I mean, we see that at the beginning of the movie, him, you know. the t- Yeah, the Civil War, which with, is great. With the camera, or with his yeah. ca- phone. But, no, I, I've, and the suit is what what got me is that he was able to make the suit his henchman guy you know was the one making all this stuff and he was yeah. extremely smart vulture was just kind of the the ringleader of everything yeah. but um his suit is cool i liked that they stuck with i mean in the comics it's not mechanical wings but i get why they do that they're going a little real right but i love that he still had the feathered uh collar Mm-hmm. Because in the comics, that's he always had that feathered like around the neck collar. So I love that they still kept that. It still looked like the Vulture. He didn't wear a mask in the comics either, but it still looked really cool. And it was just, it's fun that it's Michael Keaton. You now, know? Did they ever actually call him the Vulture in the movie? I don't remember. I think they did at some point. I feel like Spider-Man calls him the Vulture or something. I could be wrong, but Maybe. I, I like that. I like that Shocker's in the movie too. Like that's even for, cool for what it's worth. Shocker. Yeah, for what he yeah. was for what he was in. Well, it. The other guy becomes Shocker. Well, yeah, okay. You know, so I just, I like that because I've always been a big Shocker over Electro fan, but so it's just fun. And I just, I, I, you want to see a master class in acting, watch the scene where Tony, or not Tony, where Tony Stark, no, the scene where Adrian Toomes is driving Peter and whatever the girl's name is to prom. Liz. I, mean, I, didn't, ex- I didn't see that coming. I knew he no, was going to. That is, that is one of the best twists in any movie. Is when Peter goes to pick her up and the door opens and it's him. It's Adrian Toomes. He's her father. Yeah, I did not expect that. I I honestly expected him to like start dating Aunt May or something. Okay, I, um, I, something to connect him a little more. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I didn't I didn't see that one coming. No, the our entire remember opening night, our entire audience. It was a collective. Oh, you know, like <laughs> oh. Like, it's just such a good because he didn't you know sometimes you can see these twists coming a mile away i didn't expect that at all no i didn't either i think i think the split second before he opened the door i might have had an inkling in my mind of oh could it maybe they're gonna do that but it still was not anywhere near like i didn't i just still didn't expect it but a master class in acting is when he's driving them to the prom and he and michael keaton adrian Toomes is slowly figuring out that peter mm-hmm. parker is spider the, and the it's slow, just, yeah, the slow transition to the subtle looks on Michael Keaton's face mm-hmm. yeah, to to the vulture, to the vulture. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just so good. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, and I like the the little speech he gave. I mean, you can forget all of this happened. Forget last yeah. night. Forget the past week. I'll kill everyone you love. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but I like also that in the end, he kind of becomes not necessarily maybe a full fledged good guy. But he definitely kind of has a little redemption, you know, mm-hmm. to where, you know, did you watch the post credit scene, mm-hmm. you know, where he's in prison and he knows it's Peter Parker and the Scorpion, because that guy talks to him. He's the Scorpion. If you didn't know that, I did not. Um, he goes up to him and says, we have word that you might know who, who Spider-Man is. And he tells him, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. So like, he does have a little redemption because he knows that, you know, Peter saved his life. He didn't have to save his life when the plane went down or when the explosion yeah, happens. That was... So I like they 
they don't go full villain. He does have a little humanity, and I like that. So I thought that he was a very strong villain, especially for doing the Vulture, a character I never really liked <laughs> from the comics. He was always goofy. Right. So, so. yeah. All right. So Nick's number three is the Vulture. My number three was the Vulture. My number two is probably Nick's number one, so we can talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> really? Um. Is your number okay? Go ahead. Uh, I mean, do you want me to say it out loud? Yeah, yeah, we'll just punt it. So, my number two is Thanos. Okay, so the one that's your number one blows my mind. I have okay <laughs> reasoning for it. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely saving that. So, we'll save the Thanos <laughs> discussion for um, just a couple minutes. So, on to Nick's number two. All right, so my number two is Killmonger from Black Panther. This is one of the ones that I have not seen. So, until Infinity War came out, Killmonger was my favorite Marvel villain. And I know you haven't seen it, but I'm going to spoil the hell out of this, so you're going to have to deal with it, Cody. Uh, So, Killmonger is another instance of a villain that I think is good because I can understand where he's coming from. So, he is a boy who was left orphaned in, I think, Compton in L.A. Or not L.A., in uh, California. Like, a really bad area. And... Over the years, he's realized that his father was part of Wakanda. He's a Wakandan or Wakandian or Wakandamite, whatever the hell <laughs> they are. And he's grown up in this world of crime and where African-Americans have been persecuted in America over the years and not treated fairly. Just everything we know how they're treated in, in, in our country. And it's grown him into basically an extremist to where his ultimate goal because Wakanda, Wakanda, they have technology no one else has. They've created flying vehicles, weapons, literally like anything you could think of Wakanda has because they're massively techno- technologically advanced and they don't want the world to know about it because they think the minute the world think- knows about it, they're going to want them to help fight wars and they don't want anything to do with that. Killmonger's whole plot is you shouldn't be hiding this technology. We, Why are you Africans keeping all of this technology that you could easily use to take over when our brothers and sisters, they're African-American or African brethren, our brothers and sisters are getting killed and persecuted every single day and you're all sitting here hiding. So the fact that his ultimate goal is, I'm going to take over Wakanda and become the, the true king so we can then go and take over the world to bring the world back to us because we were taken from Africa as slaves. You know, it, it's all based around race. You know what I mean? And, and I completely get it. You know what I mean? As this kid who grew up in a world that having to see that and knowing that he comes from a, a world that could easily let Afri- a- Africans rise up and, and just being so resentful of the world and becoming basically like, uh, they call him Killmonger. It was his name he got in the, and he was a, a special ops. And he got the name Killmonger because he had like the highest kill ratio. Like he's just a beast, you know, and the fact that he wants to do this, I, I get it. Like I get like having, if you grew up seeing all these people, you know, that you associate with persecuted and unfairly persecuted and all of this, and you know that there's people who could help and stop that. I would, I get why he thinks that he needs to do something to, to stop that. Now, obviously he goes about the wrong way to where he wants to enslave everybody to then let his people rise up. That's not the way to go about it, Killmonger. But he's another villain you can you can kind of go you can with. Definitely you definitely know I mean? like, see the the where the where yeah. the you know motivation I, comes I from. I get it. Yeah. And I think that's why he's my number two is because I get, you know, everything he's 
he's going for. I understand it. And I think that's a good villain. It's, 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 it's a scary villain when you can kind of relate and understand where a villain's coming from. But then you think, oh, crap, I would never do what he's doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, Michael B. Jordan is awesome in the part. He's really good and he's written well. And, you know, it's just he fleshes out that movie very well. Mm-hmm. The fight at the end is kind of the CGI is not great. But still, just a good movie, and he's an even better villain. So, he, Killmonger, Eric Killmonger, is my number two. And since Cody already gave his two, we're gonna stop for a second. Do you have any honorable mentions, Cody? Um, you know, this was a the the Marvel villains, as we mentioned. There's not too many of them, um, that are fantastically great. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Ego is definitely a honorable mention for me. Because he mm-hmm. was on my list until, you know, today. <laughs> yeah. Um, I say a lot. A lot of the ones that you did mention, Red Skull. Uh, yeah. That there, they would have been my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, really. So yeah. Well, go ahead. I mean, no, that that. So I really don't have any, any well, other honorable mentions. For me, as I said earlier, I definitely had Justin Hammer on my list for a while from Iron Man Two, mostly because I just think. Sam Rockwell is really fun in the part when he's showing off his tech at the world's fair or whatever it is. And he comes out and he's dancing and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I just, I just love that. He's, he's the evil Tony Stark. <laughs> you know? And I just like that. You, you just tell Sam Rockwell is having a blast in that part. He's just having fun. So I just, I like, uh, Justin hammer. Um, I think I would probably same with yellow jacket. He's fun. He wouldn't be close to the 10, but he, to the to the top ten, but he's he's a good villain I enjoy. Um try to think of some other ones, but really, you know, they're kinda hit and miss. Trying to think. I oh I did have Hella on my list from Thor Ragnarok for a long time, but I dropped her off for uh Red Skull. Okay. Um Kate Blanchett is awesome in that part. Again, character motivation is okay. I think that's why eventually it was okay with dropping her off because she just kind of wants to take over Asgard, her rightful place. And I understand, yes, you know, her father screwed her and locked her away and Thor's taken over, but I put her high up mostly because Kate Blanchett is, is very good in that role. She's chewing the scenery. She knows exactly the type of role and the movie she's in. And it's just awesome that they got Kate Blanchett to play a, a villain in a Marvel movie. You, you know, you know, you keep saying chewing the scenery. You've never used that phrase before in the time that I've known you, but you've said it about six times in this episode, chewing the scenery. Because <laughs> well, we've never deep dived into movies yeah, as much. Right. No, I love that phrase. That's exactly what <laughs> to play a villain. You're going to see that, hear that a lot with villains because that's what villains can do. They're allowed. If you have someone say, oh, they were chewing the scenery of a movie. Usually it's a negative because it's not warranted. But in a movie where you're playing a villain, especially a comic book movie, you can chew the scenery all you want and just be completely over the top because that's what you need. You know, and she definitely does. And I just think she's a lot of fun in that movie. So that's that's probably my honorable mentions right there. Okay. So let's do your number one. I was going to suggest that um, because I know you got a lot more to say about yours. I'm going to so, keep it shorter this time, though, because we kind of already talked about my number one on yeah, our first episode. Multiple episodes. A couple, we've talked about him a couple times. So my number one is Nick's number 10. That which, is incredible when you, to me. When you said that, I was you know, worried how you'd react. Because you know also, I punted it, and we're, we're, you, I knew you had been waiting. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Wait a minute. I, I just got to say, and I'm not going to rail on you, <laughs> it is incredible to me that you put Th- Ultron over Thanos. <laughs> That may be one of the most egregious things you've done. <laughs> but I, Ultron wasn't on my list until today. But I kept looking at it. I was like, I like Ultron enough. He's got to be on there. You know, but. 
Well, then, uh, number one. All right, but give us your reason. I'm, I'm know, curious to see why you put him over Thanos. So it is kind of the same. It's a similar motivation to Thanos. He So he's created by accident. He learns. He's, he's connected to the internet and learns everything. Mm-hmm. He realizes to himself that humanity is the problem with the world and wants to just eradicate humanity. And I that it's... You know, it's a great motivation. I mean, I, okay, I can understand the motivation. Um, and that's that is because that's how he sees the world from what he has been exposed to, which is, you know, in theory, exposed to everything, and that he's just this AI gone rogue, gone completely off the rails. And of course, James Spader's performance is phenomenal. Uh, it's fantastic and seeing the behind the scenes of him wearing the ping pong ball suit mm-hmm. <laughs> but um i mean of course that's not part of the movie but you know his his mannerisms that you can get from you know it was mocap so the, the way he moved was you know james spader moving oh there are definite moments in that movie where he like tilts his head back while talking that because i watched the blacklist for quite a few years i love spader and i went that's James Spader. Mm-hmm. Like they definitely captured a lot of Spader Spader-isms yeah, in a robot, which definitely. was very well done. Um, and so, yeah, a very well done villain, a very, um, a very interesting. And then, you know, killed one of my favorite characters for a little while um, when he killed Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Um, Jarvis was one of my favorite characters because he was kind of the um, the smug, you know, cocky AI that assistant that was you know actually helpful, but you you could tell he still had a personality and of course when he becomes the vision he has more of a personality uh but no i i really legitimately enjoy ultron um because of the look at ai and just a couple other you're more of a tech person anyway though i am more of a tech person and just you know thinking of what so the way you know ultron got his mind was he looked at everything basically everything on the internet everything he could connect to uh, a few a couple of years ago, um, Microsoft, I think, tried to create this <laughs> AI Twitter bot that, that went, you know, based on other people's, it, it, like, went through all of Twitter and read every tweet and then just started to tweet what it thought. And it was incredibly racist and offensive and... And horrible. Horrible. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know... is. In real life, Ultron would be this, you know, racist, horrible, but I mean, eradicating humans. I mean, yeah, it's still the same, you know, thought process, but no, yeah. And I've always been a much more technical and Ultron was, you know, a very <laughs> well done villain in my mind. Okay. And I mean, really brought him to like, cause I didn't know much about, I, I'm not, I was never a huge comic person. I was more like, you know the the animated shows and the the other movies so ultron age of ultron was the introduction of the character for me um and i knew it was going to be a big character of course not as big as you know thanos to some people but i it was definitely a huge um not influence but a huge uh had had a big effect a strong effect on me as a villain and I, i i i thought it was you know really well done and I'm so, disappointed that it's your at the top of your list. So let me explain that. Thanos, or not Thanos, Ultron is on my list because of James Spader. Okay. I think his performance as Ultron is the best part of that movie. And 
I like Age of Ultron, but it's not great to me. I was let down by it a little bit when I first saw it. Um, but no, he's on my list purely because I love James Spader's performance. Like I said when you were talking, I love. I can see Spader in him, which is a marvel because he's a robot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just, I like, his voice fits it. I mean, I love the moment when he's talking, like he's singing the Pinocchio theme, you know, you know, there are no strings on me. Like, his voice is mm-hmm. just perfect for that type of part. I just don't like his storyline. I mean, I like, yeah, that, you know, he, he, he basically comes about, goes through all the internet, and basically decides humankind is terrible, you know. But I don't look at him as the same as Thanos because he just kind of, again, just wants to kind of take over the world because, because he just thinks we're terrible. Not, not necessarily. Trying to take over the world. Not he's necessarily, trying to destroy humanity. He's trying to destroy humanity, but not necessarily out of some, you know, as opposed to Thanos, who's doing it because we can't sustain. Right. He's just doing it because, oh, you know, they're murderous and terrible. Let's just let's just kill them all. Start over and and start over. You know what I mean? And and I mean, I I I don't know. He's fine. Like I said, it's 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 fine. he's on my list mostly for Spader, but I don't know. I just didn't connect with him as much as you did but you know like you said you're a big tech person so you like the whole you know ai and storyline around it everything um, that iron man tony stark does is exactly yeah uh-huh and and he is a fun foil because he is basically an extension of tony mm-hmm. you know he basically calls him father you know yeah so he's he's good i just you know wasn't as connected to his storyline as i was a lot of these other characters i didn't think his motivations were as connectable or relatable as some of these others like i would never look at humanity and go you know i kind of get it let's wipe the slate clean <laughs> <laughs> whereas you know like with killmonger i get it you know like i i can agree with that just don't go and murder people right. you know um but no but i like i said he's he's on my list at 10 cuz I, I really like Spader's performance, and that's why I do watch that movie is because I like I like his performance. I didn't want him to die at the end just because I like that character a lot, the way he's portrayed and, and whatnot. So, okay. Okay. So Anything that, else on Mr. Ultron? No, that was my number one, Ultron. Okay, now my number one is, my is, number two. is Thanos from the whole universe and, but most importantly, from Avengers Infinity War. So far. <clears throat> Exactly. He's he's popping up in Endgame too. Um, so Thanos is the best Marvel villain, and again, it comes back to motivation. He's going about it the completely wrong way. But he has a point. But I get it because population control is a problem. Our our Earth, <coughs> excuse me, our planet will have. We're killing it because we're way too overpopulated. And the fact that he has seen that happen to his own planet went to the people of Titan and told them, you know, if you don't do something now and have, he, he even told him, he says, we can do a lottery. You know, it's not a matter of, oh, you die, you die, you die. Let's do a lottery. Random, and then it's fair. Random. random lottery. But they wouldn't do it. And his planet and everyone he loved was completely wiped out. So this man or Titan, whatever, made it his life's goal to find the power he needed to be able to snap his fingers and wipe out half the universe not just earth the universe Mm -hmm. the population of the entire half population the entire universe well because up until then he was doing it planet by planet by planet exactly but he wasn't using exactly he was he was just shooting people he was splitting the planet in half which we see in the scene with young gamora um i get it like i understand his motivation to the point like yeah something needs to be done but definitely not do it that way um right so I like that as a villain, that technically Infinity War, 
he's kind of the protagonist of that movie. It's Thanos' movie. Now, you can argue no, the protagonists are the heroes, but it's Thanos' movie. The character arc is his. Everything is his. Uh, he you is definitely mean? the main focus of the movie. Yeah, it's, is. it is his movie. Um, I mean, he has to, you know, you could look at him as always just a monster, but this monster has to sacrifice a lot to do what he wants to do, which, again, is terrible what he's doing, but I get it. I mean, mm-hmm. even at the point where, you know, I mean, he, he kills Gamora to get the Soul Stone. Like, he's willing to give up the only thing that he truly does love in this world to be able to, to do his ultimate goal. And as monstrous as it is, that's also a really good character moment. And like, I love the moment at the end when, when after he snaps and young Gamora says to him, you know, did you do what you set out to do? And he says, yes. And she says, but at what cost? And he says, everything. Like, it really is everything to him. She was the only thing he loved, and he had to do it in order to complete his goal. And I love that character arc. Um, Josh Brolin is fantastic. I was just watching Infinity War again the other day, and I'm blown away at how good he is mm-hmm. and how good the motion capture was that it is Josh Brolin. And he's just so awesome. He captures every moment. He captures the fierceness of Thanos, like when he's fighting the Hulk in the beginning, which I love because it lets the moviegoers know in the first 10 minutes, you should be afraid of this guy. <laughs> he can beat a Hulk very easily, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so He's just so good. Yeah. I mean, if only Thor would have gone for the head. That's true. But so, yeah, I I definitely do enjoy Thanos. Um, he's my number two. It's not like he was my number ten, um, or you know, really early in my list. So no, I I I genuinely in, enjoy his his arc, and yeah, I I agree. He has a point. He has a um, and he has a cause that he's yeah willing to give up everything for, and that's you know that's powerful. Some mm-hmm. I mean. A lot of the heroes don't even have some of the heroes don't even have that. Uh, oh yeah, no. Uh, he has. I mean, if you look at you look at Vulture, he would never give up his family to continue doing what he's doing. No, right. he doesn't even give up Peter to continue doing what he's doing. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that Thanos gives up the only thing he loves in that world to accomplish that goal is incredible. Right, and I mean, yeah, the the you get mad at some of the other characters in that movie because of the stuff that he does, like when. Oh, it's all Star Lord's fault. Yeah, well, it, yeah, well, yeah. You get mad at Star Lord. Um, now, had he taken the shot right away, it probably wouldn't have worked anyway, because Thanos True. altered the reality because he had the reality stone. Um, but well, not that part. I'm talking about later. And 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 later, yeah. When when oh, they're the big ones later, they almost had the gauntlet off of them. Yeah, and then he got you know where's Gamora and yeah yeah. So yeah, two times where Star Lord was human. Um, yeah, he, he really had no chance that first time. Thanos was never going to allow him to shoot Gamora. Right, but yeah, when he went crazy because he killed her, that yeah, and it shows you know the humanity in Quill and Star Lord, but you know the others, yeah. yeah, as you said, that the the gauntlet was. But again, he grabbed that, it with his thumb. But again, in that yeah, but again in that scene is another instance of them showing the the, the character arc and through line of Thanos when. Mantis is on his head, and and she says he's, he's in, in great pain. He's in, yeah, you know, because he is like he just had to do like the unthinkable to do what he needed to do, you know. And I, I just I like that a lot. It's a good storyline. Yeah, it 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 really is. And I I mean I I, I agree that he's a great character. I'm not discrediting him at all. Mm-hmm. I know. So yeah, yeah. He's just to me he's he's the most powerful villain they've had. He has been. The through line through all of them. He's been the puppet master. Loki came about attacking New York with Thanos' army. 
Mm-hmm. Well, everything he does is because of that. Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy, originally before he betrays him, is working for Thanos. You know, Ultron, not necessarily working for Thanos, but Thanos is hoping it would work. You know what I mean? Because at the end, that's when he says, fine, I'll do it myself. You know, right. with that great post-credit scene. Like, like Thanos has been the through line through almost all of these movies. He's been the villain slowly, everyone was waiting for. Yeah, he's been the specter in the background of all these movies. And I just felt like they pulled it off really well. And like I said, I love they cast a, a known actor like Josh Brolin who can who can do this really well. Same with him, like with Hulk. He, they're in mocap. He's walking around with a big giant infinity gauntlet on his hand. <laughs> you know, which is awesome. Um, but no, I because of how good he is, I cannot wait to see what they do with him in Endgame to the point where I don't want Thanos to die. It's sad to say because he's the big villain, but like I don't want Thanos to die. No, I mean because... my my, under, my my thought on the end of Infinity War was that he did. No, he didn't. Um, which you know because you've seen the trailers of Endgame, and no, he didn't. Right. Um, but when when Infinity War ended, I knew he wasn't dead just because you know he the gauntlet was destroyed. But I love that ending to where he sits down and he does exactly what he said. I'm going to sit on a farm and I'm going to look at the world. And that's what he does. Like he sits down and he enjoys it. So I guess you could look, you could infer if you wanted. Oh, maybe he did die. But I never once thought he was dead because I just figured, okay, they're going to have to fight him in, 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 in Endgame. But I just I don't want him to die just because he's a, he's a villain I, I go with. And yeah, he's a monster and he needs to be defeated. I'm hoping there's a way they'll defeat him without killing him. But they're probably going to. <laughs> Yeah, they, they have to I, at this point. And because they're going to try and reverse what he did, and he's never going to allow that while he's alive. Right. Which, you know. I do love the posters that they've been putting out. They avenge the oh, Fallen yeah. posters for all the character posters. Those, have Those been are cool. really great. Um, yeah, I'm, ex- he's I'm excited done, for Endgame. Yeah, he's done what no other villain could, which is win. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I think, to me, he's my number one, because he's the only villain on this list, right? Yeah. Well, maybe other than Helmet Zemo, or Zemo, but Thanos is the only one to have succeeded in his ultimate goal. Now, whether or not they reverse that, which I'm sure they will, you know, and, and beat him, that's a different movie. But up to that point, he's the only one who succeeds. It. The movie ends with him winning, which mm-hmm. you don't usually see in these types of movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So there's our top tens. And good, as good we list. mentioned before, we do not we are, we have retired the uh, master list. So yes, we, we um yeah we have not uh gotten any feedback on that yet. So um if you want to give us feedback on that or anything else, visit our Facebook page. Um, just search for uh, Get Ranked Movie Podcast on Facebook, and you'll find us. Tell your friends. Share our page. Um, did I just steal your little role, Nick? No, go ahead. Um, I just want to add, go on to iTunes, leave us a review. We've got a few reviews on there now. We actually officially, I don't know if you noticed, Cody, have a uh, star rating on iTunes. We're at five stars. We want to thank everybody for that who went and voted. But we need some more. Up those numbers and we'll pop up in a lot of people's feeds and be able to grow the show even more. Share it with friends and family. So we do a couple things to support the show. Um, we have a couple referral links on the top of our uh, webpage. So if you take a look at GetRankedMoviePodcast.com, um, you can see links to all past episodes. Um, you can see links to the movies we discussed in this episode. Uh, 
all of them will t- you know take you to Amazon. You can rent or buy the movies. Anything you rent or buy through those links helps us out a little bit because um, we get credited for the sale. Um, if you go, um, a couple other things at the top, Digital Ocean, it runs our site. It runs our podcast. It is where all of our files are hosted. Is um, a bunch of great things on there. You can go on and start your own uh, trial. You can get a $100 account credit by clicking the link at the top of getrankedmoviepodcast.com or going to getrankedmoviepodcast.com slash digitalocean um get a hundred dollar account credit also we have dynadot uh web hosting or web url uh purchasing.com.net.org.whatever um use that link up top to get an account credit there as well um something new this week skip the grocery store um, make great meals at home with Blue Apron. You can get $60 off your first three boxes by going to getrankedmoviepodcast.com slash Blue Apron. What? <laughs> I don't have to fake it anymore? You don't have to fake it anymore. Uh, That's news to me. I was going to I I wanted to surprise you with that one. Oh, cool. So we are, um, we, we are a Blue Apron affiliate. I'm working on a couple more. We've got a couple more in the, in the pipe. Um, so we'll take a look at, we'll see what we got coming up uh, a little later. Um, you'll hear music in well, the background here. Uh, the give beginning. that ad again. What's that? Give that ad again. The give ad. them their money's worth. So um, we are, you know, supported by Blue Apron. Uh, get ranked moviepodcast.com slash Blue Apron. Get $60 off your first three boxes with. Uh, by using that link. And we also want to give a shout out to Audible. <laughs> Not a sponsor, but just like Blue Apron, we're going to wear them down. <laughs> um, actually. <laughs> GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Audible. <laughs> no way. I'm working on that. I, I almost have that one done. <laughs> I was going to say, I no almost way. have that one set up. Um, <laughs> maybe by the time this episode airs, that link will work. GetRankedMoviePodcast.com cool. get slash Audible. Um, I don't know what the coupon will be for yet, but check it Good out. Deal. Um, so there's no code they have to put in for Blue Apron. They just go to the website. They yep. just go to the link. Just, uh, just yeah, GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Blue Apron. Or click the ad on one of our episodes on the webpage. Okay. It it I got a couple different things going on. I'm testing, seeing what works. Okay. Um but no, all any of those directly support our site. Let us keep doing more shows. Um pay the rent on our server. Pay the rent on our uh domain. It's it's not free to do these shows and um you know, we start out doing this for fun, but it's it's and it is fun. We want uh, we want to continue doing and it, and we want to keep fun. doing it. Um, so help us out a little bit. Click one of those. Uh, get one of those referrals. Uh, Absolutely. The music you hear at the beginning and end of every episode is "Locomotive" by Anti Load Creative Commons. Join us next week for our continuation of the month of Marvel with our next Marvel Cinematic Universe feature getting closer and closer to the end game it's coming gonna be good so um, unless you have anything else to add nick nope nothing else all that right pretty much covers it again just make sure you go and share this with your friends and family go leave us a review talk with us on facebook let us know what your thoughts are what your top 10 would be it all makes it a lot of fun 
You know what? Call your mom. Tell her you love it. Oh, call your mom. Tell her you love it. Because who knows? Tomorrow Thanos could snap and we're all gone anyway. So. <laughs> but all right. For Forget ranked this week. I am Nick. And I'm Cody. See you next week. Ranked, a movie podcast, episode 10, Marvel Cinematic Universe Villains.